Hi, I'm Dan Parent, and I work for Archie Comics and do Die Kitty Die, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Right in the middle of center field. Um, yeah. Deep home run the center. Well, I don't know if it was a home run. Damn. It was out in center field. That's. Can you not be satisfied with, with getting it into center field? Nah, it's got to be a home run. Sally was out there picking her nose, looking at the little flowers by her, her feet. She missed the ball, so you got <laughs> <Yeah>. on base. <laughs> Yeah, Sally never pays attention. She can ride, though. I can learn. Nice. Hello, people. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 737. It's a palindrome episode. Those are always fun. This (laughs) is the book of the month, and I'm Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. I am David A. Price, and I think I hear... The return of our long lost brother. Tony's back? <laughs> oh, that's hurtful. <laughs> but of course, I'm not Tony. I'm everyone's favorite pop star, Justin Bieber. Wait, when you say everyone, <laughs> yep, I mean everyone. One no. household. No, oh, the okay. That. Sweetheart. Mm, okay. You're not the Beeb. Be- Sometimes I wish I was, though. Yeah, I wish I had his cheddar. Uh, but you're Jason Wood. Or his pipes. Uh, his... I got no basis for comparison there. Mm. Yeah. But you are our friend, our brother, Jason Wood, everybody. And guess what? Oh, what? Hosanna, the list of specials, is up at Discount <laughs> Comic Book Service. Yes. DCBService.com. One more time for the people way, way, way back in the cheap seats. DCBService.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, and get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. First up, from Dark Horse, it's a five-issue miniseries, of which this is the first. It's called Savage Hearts. And it's written by Aubrey Stitterson. And it's drawn by Jed Doherty. Does that name ring a bell? It does. Yeah, it does. Jed Doherty did the two Justice League uh, parts of the... um, He did Justice League uh, America. Remember Justice League Canada with Animal Man and the... um, the indigenous girl who could turn into the polar bear. Yes. Right. Um, in in um, the, with the lenticular covers. What what uh, story was that? Remember the the they published a bunch of books with the lenticular covers. Come on, these the, the books with the lenticular covers. Yeah. With yeah, the yeah, big that... thing stuck on it. Booster Gold. Swamp Thing had one. Titans had one. They all had. Lobo had one. Yeah. What was that? People are yelling at it at the microphone. I'm just going to take that out. But Jed Doherty is awesome. And when I saw this, Future's End, when I saw this, that's the one, I, uh, I, yes. I said, holy crap. I was, I, he was on my radar. And then, like a UFO, 
boo, he went off my radar and I couldn't find him. I was like, what is Jed Doherty doing? I love his stuff. I need more of his stuff. And here he is now at Dark Horse with Laverne Kinzierski and Taylor Esposito on this book called, as I said, Savage Hearts Number 1. Here's the pitch. She's a brawny barbarian bruiser with a broken heart. He's a lonely beast man who talks to dinosaurs. What happens when they team up against an evil sorcerer? Action, comedy, and romance in this all-new jungle fantasy rom-com from Aubrey Stitterson, who did No One Left to Fight, the comic book story of professional wrestling, and last month's Worst Dudes, and Jed Doherty, who did World's Finest, Harley Quinn, Justice League, Future's End. It's right in the frickin' solicit, and I'm looking for it like an asshole. Um, <laughs> includes the special print single issue exclusive backup, No Kings, No Masters, by Aubrey Stitterson and Goran Gilovic. So you're getting an exclusive backup story that's not going to be reprinted in the trade paperback. How much would you pay for this single issue? Fourteen and a half dollars. No, you facetious thing. It's three ninety nine <laughs> cover oh, price. That was my second guess. <laughs> okay, three ninety nine. Right, three ninety nine cover price. But Mister Dapp lays out the realness and tells you what you're going to pay. A dollar ninety nine. That's fifty percent off. The meat in the middle comes courtesy of IDW. This is a little thing written by John Layman, art by Nick Bradshaw. It's called Bermuda. This is number one of four, and it presents a fantastic new adventure by New York Times bestselling and multiple Eisner Award-winning writer John Lehman, Chew, excuse me, detective, and eye-popping, mind-blowing art by Nick Bradshaw, Spider-Man, Wolverine. There's a region in the Atlantic Ocean where planes disappear. Very true. Ships are lost and traveling souls go missing, never to be heard from again. And there's an island within this place, mysterious and uncharted, of course, untouched by time and civilization, where all who are lost end up, human or otherwise. Bermuda lives here. She's 16. Oh, I feel bad now. Scrappy and living on this insane and wondrous jungle island, fighting at every turn to survive. It's the only life she's ever known. She can handle the dinosaurs, the pirates, the crazed soldiers, dark magicians, and strange monsters. But the weird new kid who washes ashore just may be the biggest challenge Bermuda has ever faced as he drags her along on a perilous rescue mission she wants no part of. And he's likely to be the death of both of them. That was a long-ass solicit. But anyway, Nick Branch, you know him, you love him. He is the heir apparent to the art Adam style. Not a bad thing. Um, if you're going to learn from an artist, learn from one of the best, right? Nick Bradshaw, John Lehman, four ninety nine cover price. But you chittering bastards, because you know you're not paying that. You're paying fifty percent off. That's two dollars and forty nine cents. And last, but certainly not least, the Schmalky Universe expands. From Scout Comics, it's Count Draco Knuckle Duster, number one of five, written by Peter Gorel and Joseph Schmalky, art by Joseph Schmalky. This is a follow-up to last year's Phantom Starkiller. If you want more of that story, you gotta get this. It's the, mm -hmm. the cursed 
of the crypto crystalline stone continues in 2021. Followed the cosmic ghoul warrior and young psychic Acel Airglow as they embark on the next chapter of an adventure that will take them from the vastness of the void to the depths of an aquatic moon crawling with fantastic creatures. This action-packed tale of sinister celestial sorcery picks up where last year's smash hit Phantom Starkiller left off. This time around, the story is told from behind the mask of the mysterious and malevolent Cal Draco's knuckle duster and his cybernetic chrononautical exosuit. I should get paid for this because this is making my mouth a workout. Can the curse be broken in time or is it already too late? Dun, dun, dun. Find out in the all-new psychedelic sci-fi horror odyssey from creator writer Peter Goral and artist Joseph Schmalky. Now, remember, um, killer bootlegs, right? This Draco uh, knuckle duster was actually a toy, much like uh, Phantom Star Killer. So they're continuing the trend. Uh, this is a three ninety nine book. You're not paying that. You know the drill. You're getting it for $1.99. Boys pants half off. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your book shipped right to the confines of your home. What could be easier? I don't know. I haven't found anything. Just do it. Mm, Just go yeah. save money. There you go. Yes. I'm down with that. Duh. Who doesn't love a good bargain? I don't know. I would hate to meet them because they're just wantonly wasting their, their wares. Foolishness. Yes. Hundo P. Doesn't make oh, sense. Whenever I hear the word foolishness, I think of Niecy Nash. <laughs> uh, she's amusing. There there are times oh, where she's, she's she, she 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 can uh be great again and and as 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 I'm sure that's what the role requires, but no, there are times where I'm like I mean, listen, I'll I'll gladly take her over a handful of so many other uh, comedians that uh, I, I I could care less about. But no, she's 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 a pip. I, I enjoy her a lot. Yeah, before she uh, was a full on comedic actress, she was the host of a show called Clean House, where she would they would go into people's messy houses and organize them, mm-hmm. and her and her her. Her go-to line was after they'd meet outside, and they'd be like, "Oh, you know, mess with." And then she'd be like, "When it was time to go inside, she'd be like, take me to your foolishness." Yeah. <laughs> uh, she it, also co-hosted. She uh, she filled in for Nick Cannon in the beginning of the season of Masked Singer as the host because Cannon had the COVID. Oh, wow! We have an the agenda. Oh, what? The Masked Singer, Vince. The greatest show ever. Okay. Yeah, we have an agenda because, as I said in the beginning of this thing, it is the Book of the Month episode. And what book? Pray tell one, as uh, picked by our. No, <laughs> no they no, didn't get no. it. They, yeah, they, didn't, they didn't pick. They, they didn't, didn't get it. They didn't get to pick. We just we just said this is going to be the Book of the Month. Yes. It is Captain America by Jack Kirby, Omnibus. That's it. That's the name of it. And uh, they should have called it the Mad Bomb Omnibus, or or. Uh, but you know, it it says what it said, what it does. It is the Captain America by Jack Kirby Omnibus. It's all Jack Kirby, uh, and it's all Captain America. So it's a fitting name. It just yeah, does, I, huh? I, I no no I I um, this was um, 
you and I, Vince, we, you you were discussing the the size of this particular omnibus, and um, I think that was either before Jason. I don't think it was the bonus episode. I think it was. I, I think it was before Jason joined us that night. But um, this, you're you're right. As as I've been, you know, lugging it around so I can read the the, the, the issues for tonight. Um, I'm I'm. I'm happy that it is a bit thinner than other omnibuses, but it does seem weird that it's got the big old omnibus marker on the spine when it is so much smaller than everything else. Yeah, I think it's the thinnest omnibus. Well, I, I'm not Jason, so it I is don't. Close to it. Yeah, I don't have a, th- a thousand omnibus, but right. it definitely is the thinnest one that I own. It's the thinnest one I own, and the only thing, the only book I think that comes close to it, because they have it, they they had four, they, the shop had four omnibuses on the counter yesterday, the uh, the Roger Stern Spidey, the new Venn omnibus, and, um, and two copies with the two different covers of Untold Tales of Spider-Man, and that Untold Tales omnibus is extremely thin as well. I don't like the trend. I'm not digging it. When I think omnibus, and I will tip my my cap to DC, omnibus means large and thick and has presence and weight and volume. That's a DC omnibus. I got my Swamp Thing, New 52. It's at least three, four inches thick. Like, that's an omnibus. Give me a huge chunk of issues. I I, I guess this is a quality over quantity um deal because i i mean while i enjoyed every issue in this originally back in the day and now it's really not worth a hundred bucks i i i don't think so i i i enjoyed the um i enjoyed the back matter the the behind the scenes stuff the you've got the essay by wade in here you've got the uh the the forward introduction by by cook so i mean I, i i enjoyed seeing a look behind the curtain as far as what was going on at the time and uh whether or not you know jack was privy to they i know marv marv wolfman was talking about how um you know he wouldn't have purposely he may not have been editor-in-chief at the time because he wouldn't have put the letters in the the issues that were basically deriding kirby's work on the title and and that was one of the reasons i guess why kirby wasn't happy with his work on the book because people were kind of well that's yeah, you're assuming that the listener knows of which you speak. You are correct. I yeah. Yes. Uh, during this period, um, let's just set it up. Kirby left the uh, house of ideas he built and went to D.C. And when Kirby went to D.C., he was promised a lot of things, a lot of freedom uh, to do uh, the many and diverse and challenging and artistically um, novel projects that he wanted to do and dc ended up flipping the script on him and and not making uh do with a lot of the stuff that they promised him so he left dc after um uh, creating the fourth world stuff and the greatest comic book in the history of paper commandy right uh so he went back he was lured back to marvel um where does he land on the character he co-created uh captain america and he wanted complete control. He wanted to write, he wanted to draw, and he wanted to edit. And they said, sure, Jack, go ahead, do what you want to do. Um, and it's, as as Dap mentioned in the uh, 
the the uh, historical data presented within the volume. Kirby said, I'm not reliving the past. I'm not rehashing any plot lines. I'm not picking up where somebody else left off. You dumb dumb. I'm doing what I want to do. And, you know, if you want me on the book, this is what you got to do. And so they, he did. He didn't uh, continue anything that came before. And that was one of the things that um, the readers found fault with was like, Jack's not tying this to the Marvel Universe. Who are these people? What, what, this is a weird scenario. We never heard about this, this, this new, uh, new society or this mad bomb thing. Where, where, where's the Red Skull? Where's Baron Zemo? Like I, we want these old villains, and Jack just didn't want to do it. Um, he wanted to, to create whole cloth new stuff because that was Jack. Jack was a forward thinking. Um, uh, he was a, an extremely ahead of his time thinker, as this story will will show. We'll get into it, but the, Jack's prescience uh, is all over this story. Like in the seventies, this would seem like um, uh, a fantasy. Like this could never, ever come true. No one would want to take over the government. No one would want to subvert the the institution by which we 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 live. No one wants to burn the Constitution on TV. Uh, <laughs> and here we are in twenty twenty, seeing you know there's a lot of people out there that do want to do exactly that. So. Um, yeah, Jack had his finger on the pulse, and he was far ahead of his time. But anyway, uh, but it would, to what Dap was saying, they reprint the letters pages mm-hmm. verbatim, like the, no editing, nothing. And people are not kind at all. Um, for every letter that praises Jack for coming Toxic back. Toxic fandom is not a new thing. No, there's a bunch. Um, and did you notice one of the uh, harshest critics is Kim Thompson? From yes. Fantagraphics? Yeah. yeah, big surprise. I didn't because I didn't read. Shocking that I didn't read that. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's fascinating, really. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, see, if you if you did check out the bonus material, you would have known that. And uh, and 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 Dean Mullaney's also uh, yeah, present. good old Dean. Before he got his heart broken. Yeah. yeah, and you can. Before we uh, dive further, I I just wanted to I checked it's. It is a, a, definitely a smaller Omniboon arguing there, but it's there are quite a few that are smaller. And the smallest is another Kirby Omniboo. It's Devil Dinosaur. Oh, right. Well, that was, yeah. Okay, I get that. That makes sense. But that Devil Dinosaur Omnibus is not 100 bucks. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. And, and But it isn't a new, like, I wouldn't say it's a trend. I think it, because the, uh, the largest Omniboo ever just came out, the War of the Realms Omniboo. It's uh, almost oh. 1,600 pages. Wow. Now, see, that's an average size for a DC omnibus. That's why, I mean, I, I know it's apples and oranges in terms of, of content, or apples and apple, whatever. Uh, but, again, I, when I, just the word omnibu conjures these mass and size, and this is not, this should not be called an I mean, omnibus. But, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, because I, when I think of omnibu, I think of really... Big big ass tomes too, but yeah. but I mean it really means all encompassing, right? So, yes, yes. I mean if something is like the like the Eternals Omnibu is also small, it's four three hundred ninety two pages, but it's it's all twenty issues, right? It's so everything, what, what, right? What they're gonna do? Very true. But if you were to go out and try and buy these single issues, it would cost you more than hundred bucks. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I think they, that plays a role in in the pricing scheme. Yeah, and it, from that perspective, sure. Um, we didn't pay a hundred for it anyway. We got it for half that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it is what it is, as they say. But um, like, I think just the Treasury edition alone, um, the the bicentennial battles is like to get that thing mint. If you can find a mint, um, it's at least twenty five, thirty bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Probably more. So, and by the way, there have been an insane number of Captain America Omnibu. Like, it's yes, ridiculous. it is absurd. You have them all. I think I do. I was looking at the list. I think I do. <laughs> there's a few I might not though, because like there's, but I, I think I do. There, there's there's one or two of the Golden Age stuff that I'm not sure I do. I'm if I do, it's the like a lot of these have been reprinted a second time. It's the original that I just forget that's down there. It's but it's ten plus years old. Wow. Oh, Probably this still is with Frank Rapp to make even more infuriated. <laughs> this is the only Captain America omnibus I own, and it probably will be the only one. Um, if I get a deal on the serpent or, or the uh, Grunwald one, I would scoop that one. Yeah, the Grunwald one and the uh, and the Wade Garney. I if 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 I find that for cheap at a con, I, I could see me leaving with that. Yeah. I don't think uh, I ordered the Jurgens, which just came out. Oh but yeah, okay. That seemed like a stretch to me. So, Jason, aren't you going to ask your question? <laughs> well, he knows your answer, but yeah. Well, I mean, seeing as how you just turned seventy-four, yeah, uh, I'm sure you read this off the shelves, but uh, most yes, of it. No, what, yeah, most what was of your it. what was your first exposure to this book? Is Vince? Well, uh, one ninety-three. That is a cover that is burned into my brain forever and ever and ever, without a doubt. When when I saw that on the newsstand, I was mesmerized. I was like, oh my, because I'm not a Captain America fan. I'm not even an Avengers fan. Back in the day, Avengers and Cap, they were the books I bought when nothing else was on the stands. If I couldn't find a Spider-Man or um, a Hulk or something, I, I guess I'll buy this Avengers thing. But... um this 193 oh my god like i even think there was a t-shirt um of that cap yeah yeah and uh i'm i may be reaching but uh like underoos or bed sheets or something like this image it seemed to me maybe it was just because i was in the moment it was on my radar it seemed like this that image was everywhere when when i was a kid and uh, no, I, I bought once Jack landed uh, back on Captain America. I tried to get them all, but newsstand distribution distribution being what it was back in the day, I missed a couple here and there. And you know, uh, eventually, uh, long after the fact, I, I picked them up. Uh, so um, I do have this run in in single issues, but I'm not pulling them out of the mylar to reread them that's why this is such a good thing to have um but yeah the mad bomb was like i i can remember seeing the interior of the mad bomb for the first time the brain section of it i uh, i had nightmares that thing completely creeped me out that 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 there was the equivalent of a freaking brain in a piece of of uh of hardware like again, that's Jack thinking far outside of his lifespan. That's what he did. That's why he's, you know, he is the 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 mad god of comics. 
I'm not going to be, you know, very diplomatic in this. I'm going to be one-sided. This shit's perfect. (laughs) Right? It's, it's, It's perfect stories by the best comics ever got. And like, you know, uh, so, you know, take any of my comments with, with, you got to leaven them with, with your uh, uh, opinion of Kirby. Because I'm not going to give you anything other than a Hosanna on this. Yeah, I mean, we all have, I, I think it, there's no secret that each of us have at least one creator where... Uh, most likely he can do no wrong and and you'll scoff at any any criticism no matter how sincere or or level-headed or or logical it may be i you're not going to be able to um change my mind when it comes to the gil k no one's gonna change your mind when it comes to kirby right um no one's gonna change jason's mind when it comes to opania (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like Jason. So wrong. And it's like Jason's twelve. This old Pena guy's great. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think uh, I, I don't really think there's a huge need to to do an issue by issue breakdown of this. No. Thing. no. Uh, so, uh, Jason, this is the first time you've read it. No, it's not because um, I own. A, I don't think I own all the issues, but I own a few of these issues. Because back when I was into collecting back issues, you know, Falcon was my dude. And for a while, I was into the whole first appearance thing. So I bought uh, I bought Cap 117 and then 118. And then I was like, oh. And then, you know, I was like, oh, this becomes Captain America and the Falcon. And so that was issue 134. It actually gets retitled into Captain America and Falcon. So I, I got a couple of those off eBay. And so I have a bunch of these off of from ebay back in the day and and i'm pretty sure i got them off ebay not not through uh a con or anything so um i i've read a few of these issues but i definitely don't remember reading the entirety of it i i I remember the concept of the mad bomb more than i remember like the entire narrative arc so yeah um so yeah i I, well i guess to answer so yes this is the first time i guess i've read the entire thing because i i don't remember the if it i i'm pretty sure i don't have all the issues and so i don't know where else i would have read this Dap. I read. I remember as I was reading reading this collection, uh, there were some. I mean, obviously, there were some panels that would show up like over the years, like in Marvel Saga or things like that. But I, I probably some things just popped out to me, and I don't know if I may have read a reprint somewhere along the lines, or even some one of the old issues. But for the sake of Yes, this is this was the first time I read this this run um, as 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 it's presented. Um, I wasn't, yeah. I I mean, I wouldn't have uh, even in the 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 grab bags that my aunt would hand me. You know, I don't. There maybe there were some Kirby issues here and there of various things. There was a Devil Dinosaur, but there were or, or some old. Um, Fury and his Howling Commandos, but there weren't a lot of, there definitely weren't any Kirby caps, so I, I, I'm not sure where I may have seen some of the contents here over the, over the years, but but no, um, 
as far as you know sitting down and oh i read 193 no that 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 did not happen for me uh, well um the uh i don't think we ran down what exactly is contained in this omnibus it uh contains captain america number 193 to 214 annuals 3 and 4 and as we said the uh Big ass honkin' bicentennial battles treasury, with inks by Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah, not very. Um, <laughs> well, we'll get to that, I guess. Uh, and it's weird, though. Have you ever seen Buddha again? Have you ever seen that character again? Like, no, I, I don't believe I, I, I have. But um, one of the things, uh, just pull back, big picture. It, it, I, you n- always need to be reminded. That Arnim Zola is not a vintage Captain America villain. Well, I mean, if you if you say the seventies, I guess okay, yes, that's vintage. But we're talking like Red Skull, uh, Hate Monger, Baron Zemo, like those are ground floor Captain America villains. But Arnim Zola didn't come around until the seventies, and and this this volume is just like Bing. Remember. Jack created Arnim Zola too. Like, okay, <laughs> like what didn't what didn't Jack create? Seriously, Seriously. Um, but uh, again, a, a, a constant reminder as you read these things that Jack um, was extremely um, diverse in his casting of characters. Uh, Jack didn't only stick to one color. Uh, and that wasn't a new thing with Captain America. Like uh, even in the New Gods and 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 before that, there, he he would uh, be inclusive. Let's just say and 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 put in a, a lot of races in there, and it was wonderful. Um, but this is as much a focus on Sam Wilson, the Falcon, as it is on Cap. In many cases, cases Sam is the one who saves the day. Yeah. Cap Cap's doing shit you know um in the back room or he's looking at something else or he's he's uh lamenting over over poor carol whatever uh and and sam's out in the thick of things beating up people getting shit done so and he always has to remind steve yeah you know what you say is true but you're coming from the perspective of a white guy like what you're saying is not true for my people (laughs) and it's like that whole conversation about you know oh yeah my uh my 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 great 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 Steve Rogers from the from the Revolutionary War. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure he had some people on the farm picking cotton, what, and it's like, dude, and it's, and it's it's kind of an uncomfortable conversation. To, but but this is this is Jack, uh, a, a a Jew who fought in a war, writing a black dude, and 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 trying. You know, he's not. I never felt like he was trying to. Um, uh, speak on behalf of right of black people it was just it was just like you know listen this is here's here here is a dude who obviously i mean jack was jack understood uh, even back then that white privilege is a thing and and you know steve could be naive and and he may want the best or 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 hope for the best and 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 expect people to to behave the way you would want them to but you know sam's a realist and it's it they they were they were great together i feel yeah, well, streetwise, right? Kirby grew yes. up on the—he grew up on the streets. He in in, yeah. in not the best area of, or section of town. He's he had seen it, and then you know, going to war. Very smart man, right? So he picked up on the fact that 
um, different people were tr- tr- uh, treated differently, de- you know, depending on the color of their skin. It was just a given. And, and again, this was created in the 70s, right? We're talking in the wake of Watergate, in the wake of the civil rights uh, dust-ups and, and the, the problems, right? Um, it, it also was created in uh, the wake of MK Ultra. Like Jack knew all about this stuff. Um, he was well-read, and uh, it was a time of of questioning the government. Look at all the shit Nixon did, right? People lived through the assassination of JFK. They saw their president cut down on on, on television, right? Then then Nixon comes in and and runs roughshod over. Uh, well, do your history, and uh, and and Jack was like, huh. Yeah, this 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 government stuff can be uh, can be a, a good tool to for the infiltration of of you know ne'er do wells and undesirables and people who just want to subvert the constitution. And he ran with it. And I think it's a brilliant story. Mind control. It's the easiest way to get people on your side, right? And I'm not talking about the the hoodoo mad bomb mind control. It's influencing uh, groups of people based on their. Um, upbringing, their intelligence, you know, I mean, look outside, right? I don't want to get on the bloody pulpit and, or, or the, the, you know, the, the, uh, get on my, my, my soapbox, but this shit is very relevant today. And, uh, back in the day, I remember, I didn't understand a lot of this mm. as, as a, you know, um, when, so we're talking 70, uh, six, 76 was bicentennial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was 11. A lot of it was just like, okay, these people are getting excited over something, you know, government, whatever. I'm not paying attention to that. Show me boobs. But, um, you know, coming from uh, reading it all these years later and and having endured a lot of this stuff, uh, albeit in a in a more a less science fictiony form, uh, past couple of years, it's it's a scary story, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I think that uh, this depending this is a timely time to reread this or to read this in its entirety because of what you're saying. I think uh, um, I agree that there were definitely some parallels. Now, I presume, like with anything, when we read stuff, like it's it's natural to try and draw parallels to whatever so whatever state you're in or world worldview you're in at the time, you can draw parallels. But I, I but I, I think the fact that all three of us drew drew the similar parallels tells you that it's you know it's it's not just in our heads. I I agree. Um, I also love that uh, Henry Kissinger is uh, is, in, <laughs> is in the first issue of this arc, uh, only known as Henny. But I, yeah, Henny, good old Henny. But I presume that uh, I, I imagine some of our younger readers just viewed him as as nondescript uh, Marvel government official. But uh, but if you're old enough, you recognize him as Henry Kissinger. Um, one thing I want to say, because I, I don't think you were implying this, but but like it sounds like we're saying that when Kirby takes over, he he like portrays Sam in a in a like how woke it is for him to portray Sam in this light. And I and and I just like I don't think that's fair in the sense that um, you know when Stan introduced Sam in issue one seventeen, and then they became you know, added him to the title. I mean, I like Stan and, and Gene Colan deserve tons of props for how they depicted Sam and even making the choice to put Sam in the book as a, as a co-lead. Um, 
you know, so I like I think one of the things that I think a lot of people, myself included, love about Sam is that he was one of the first. Uh, if you were a Marvel head, because I wasn't reading DC, he was one of the first uh, black characters that that stood equal, you know, and and was unapologetically black. Like it was, he did the the writers didn't hide that from it wasn't he wasn't just a black skinned hero for the sake of it. He was a black man who had a perspective of being a black man and the persecution that 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 that, that came with that. And uh, and that was definitely a stand thing. I think Jack does a nice job of continuing it, but it, it's, it's not like Sam was just a blank canvas hero with black skin right. understands watch and then jack suddenly made him you know uh, more real I, I just think that that sam's been a real character in that regard from jump and and i, I so i do think stan deserves some credit there too i agree with that no it, no you're right i mean it, i'm i'm obviously we're just discussing it on the context of of the book of the month but yes by all means sam was absolutely fleshed out before before jack came back to marvel but yeah no doubt but to your point, I mean, Jack does a really nice job with it. I I liked it. Uh, I mean, even even setting the tone for, like, there's some absurdities to comics back then that 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 I do miss dearly. Like, there, there there's some some of the simplistic nature of comics when we were younger doesn't necessarily age well if you don't have a nostalgic pull towards it. But some of it just hits you right 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 in the heart. Like, I love the silliness of this run you know jack coming back to marvel like it opens up with them sitting in a kitchen arm wrestling like i like i i just think that's like fantastic you know because it's such a mundane little silly moment of just two buddies like oh let's arm wrestle yeah yeah, but they're in they're in costume though yeah they're in costume and i don't remember if that was sam's friend or girlfriend or sister i don't remember who that is but you know she's she's giving him shit because she's making him coffee and like she's like you know basically she's like stop your foolishness, and the other thing too is if you think about it, not to be nerdy, but Cap has got the super soldier serum. He better yeah. be able to out arm wrestle Sam. I mean, Sam's that, just a dude. That doesn't that doesn't and and the super soldier serum that that really doesn't play into. I mean, there there are some moments in this where it almost feels as though Jack may forget that Steve is enhanced. To some degree, and uh, he just he, and and it's all and, and the way Sam comes in and swoops down and saves day and things like it, it, it's almost like the roles are reversed with, with, with who's actually powered. But uh, it it that is that's one of those things. Yeah, seeing them in the kitchen arm wrestling, that you know, you, if that were to happen today, I mean, Alyssa Lemire is going to do that in in Black Hammer or something that may seem a bit silly for someone reading, you know, a, a, a Wade Avengers comic or something. Mm. But, uh, it, 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 as far as I was concerned, that kind of set the tone because even, you know, I, uh, Jack Herbie is absolutely dynamic when, 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 when he's putting pencil on the page, but yeah, there are, there are times where, not and the writing is fine. The, the dialogue may be a little. Uh, it's not necessarily something you'd say out loud, but but it's uh, Sam. Sam calling people dumb dumbs is one thing, but but when you have Captain America telling someone, "Well, your daddy just made a boo boo," and I'm like, that's that's kind of hard to read and hear. And and but considering it's Jack, considering it's the mid '70s, it's it's not it's not so out of place. But as long as you're aware of, of of what and when you're reading, but but yeah, when you compare it to things that are in to the work 
that's being done today in comics, it is um, it's 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 a stark contrast. Back to it the power. Me. Oh, god, sorry. No, I think Jack dials in uh, Cap's powers when necessary because there's some panels in this where where Steve is ridiculously powerful. Like the the one wide horizontal when he's got the shield behind him and he's flying mm-hmm. kicking. There's like twelve mm-hmm. guys that he's kicking. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just a whoa. And I'm thinking, yeah. well, in the, two panels before somebody had their their foot on your pinky and you were like screaming. <laughs> That's just Jack going like, well, mm-hmm. I guess I gotta tweak this a little bit. <laughs> the, the, there's a lightheartedness to this, yeah. and, and and it 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 is just of the time, and I think. When I read something like this, I am reminded of how, not necessarily that I that I'm like longing for all my comics to be like this, but I am reminded when I read this that I'm like, man, you know, these days comics are so serious, like, right? They take themselves so <laughs> seriously, like, like because I've I've liked most Captain America runs of the modern era. I, I mean, I love the Brubaker run, and then I, but I'm not actually too honestly crazy about Ta-Nehisi Coates' run, but 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 I. I was just thinking, man, it's been a minute since Cap was just like, where I could even think of a panel where they crack a joke. Like, like yeah. it has been heavy for fifteen years. Well, now no, I guess don't the get remender, carried away. The, the remender Cap right. when he when he goes to um, Dimension Z. Yeah, Dimension Z. That that's probably. I, I mean, I read that as as it was happening. I, I that was probably lighter hearted. Now that I think about it. Uh, and, and more evocative of this. I mean, he was he was trying to that's, channel Kirby. So exactly right, and that's yeah. and and yeah, that when 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 Vince was talking about the society and, and things like that, that when I think about writers like like Bendis or Brubaker or, or or even Jeff Johns, people who who go back and they go through the decades of stories that came before, and they look for things that they can either call back on or retcon or or or, or bring back. And and yeah, thinking about Dimension Z, which Steve goes off and and, and he comes back aged, and that that I'm like, like why hasn't anybody kind of messed around with this society or or, or brought back you know or, or or mentioned the Hardings or things like that? But then I thought about Dimension Z, and I'm like, yeah, that I, I think Rick was probably that, I I don't know if that's a tip to the tip of the hat, but it's it's definitely in that in that vein. Yeah, but that gets tired after a while. You know, like, this is proof positive. Jack came in and said, I'm not doing anything anybody's done before. I'm just going to do what I want to do, do it my way, and, you know, let the let the chips fall where they may. And you get guys, like you said, like Johns, who are very beholden to the past. And whether you want to call it homage or pastiche or, or you know, using the raw materials that were created in the past for you in the present, that's great. But... Isn't it refreshing when somebody comes in like a bull in a china shop and just does whatever they want to do? Like like yeah. this storyline here. And and another one, um, just to, to for go back to Jason's point, I think Cap is better when it's goofy and silly, like the Grunwald stuff. D Man? D Man was ridiculous. Cap Wolf. Yeah, Cap Wolf. Like some uh, uh, the the Deathlock stuff or the serpent oh. the serpent society. Well, a, I mean, you're talking right. I mean, how much I'm such a serpent society mark, and I'm right. really the only time they've ever been like prominently featured beyond. Is I mean, it's Cap. In fact, 
so so often when 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 I commission an artist to do a Serpent Society piece, they ask for reference. Like the only reference that exists is really that run. Yeah. I mean, there have been some other, but but like when you if you were to Google reference, you're only going to find images from that Grunwald one. Like that's the yeah. only time they're but really prominent. The point I'm making is I think Cap is is better when it's silly. Um, I like the mm-hmm. Mark Wade stuff uh, because it was in a nice combination of of uh, narrative and art, but. When you get too political and too philosophical and preachy and cap, it's just like, ah, it's not working for me. Throw in the snakes. Give me the mad bomb, right? The, uh, or the, the, the cap wolf. Just silly stuff. Well, what was the, uh, the, the diamond saga? Um, there was a there was a, a diamond uh, or a gem or something on the cover. Oh, the bloodstone. Bloodstone, right? That's what what it was. It was the bloodstone saga. That was just I was in, really enjoying Cap during that time, and then somebody else comes in and it gets real serious, and it's like uh, I don't know. I, I I'm I, a mix. Like I, I think Brubaker's run at just in terms of almost extricating the the character and just I mean I think it's an all time great comic run yeah. but i i but i agree it's it's all mood I, I, honestly for some reason lately may, oh man probably because of the, the not, not the show um because of the, the the disney show um i've been jonesing to go back and 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 read the grunwald run again at least you know it's a long run but just kind of dive in and and uh and then reading this i, I it's kind of lit the fuse if i didn't have a thousand other things on my pile here that i I'm I'm desperate to read and and bring to the show. I would I would dive into Grunwald tomorrow. I so I don't know that I'm going to get around to it, but I I'm I'm been jonesing. I think it'd be fun to go back and read some of it. Yeah, I would like to to uh, pick those up one of these days. How many Grunwald omnibus are there? Um, I mean, you don't have to look. You know, but uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, offhand, I'm not sure. So while while you're doing that, uh, just to set up this story, it's a the Mad Bomb story. It's a very basic premise. There is a man by the name of William William Tari, and uh, he's the head honcho of this, or one of the head honchos of this this new society uh, counter forces who want to destroy uh, the the nasty worm and the the uh, apple of democracy and they want to go in and just shred the constitution they they consider themselves elite and the common man has no business in 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 this this voting bullshit we 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 need to to put these people in their place and tell them what to do and and uh reap the the benefits of their hard work uh in in other words they're fascists right um and it it so happens that william tari had an ancestor by the name of Sir William Tarry, and he was a, uh, a traitor turncoat who tried to warn the British of uh, Washington's uh, arrival, and he was killed in a duel by Steve Rogers' ancestor. So uh, Tarry finds out that this Steve Rogers is, is still alive, and he was bounced from the military because he's a scrawny little bitch, and I'm going to get him, and I'm going to enact my revenge and, and seek vengeance for my ancestor. So, um, Tari has all these people working for him, and you got the, the, the Mad Bomb, which is a, a device that, um, well, the, the very basic of functions, it makes people go crazy, looting and destroying and, and, and killing and maiming, and it just wreaks havoc with um, mind control. And there was a, a, a Mad Bomb named Peanut, and it destroyed a, a town. 
uh, destroyed meaning it, it caused the people to, to riot, which destroyed a small town. And then they found a mad bomb of a, a larger stripe called Dumpling that they named. And this Dumpling destroyed an uh, entire city. Uh, tumult. Everybody's ripping shit apart. You know what? I'm thinking as I was reading it now, um, I didn't consider it back in the day, but like there had to been raping going on, right? Hide your kids, hide your wife. There's there's none of that in the book. But I'm thinking if Jack had, I don't even think Jack would do it, but it, why would you just destroy property? And, right. and there had to have been, it, it, it should have looked like an issue of crossed, but it is the 70s and it's an all ages book, so whatever. Um, but then S.H.I.E.L.D. gets wind of uh, a giant mad bomb that is set to uh, destroy the entire United States. It's called Big Daddy, and supposedly they're going to unleash it on the bicentennial. Of course, right? Because this is 19, well, 1976, the bicentennial was slowly coming up. Um, you also get Mason Harding, who was the inventor of the Mad Bomb, who only slid into bed with these creeps because his daughter, Carol Harding, is is fatally ill and, you know, medic, medical assistance is, is, is very expensive. So he uh, ponied up or he cozied up to these nasty guys to make sure that his daughter was, uh, was taken care of for as long as she may, may live. But, um, the, the, uh, parallels to, to current, uh, events is, is just startling, right? There's a, a woman in here called Cheer Chadwick. Hmm. And I sw like, she could be Ivanka, right? She, she praises her daddy. Her daddy's in the new society. She's his cheerleader, hence her name, Cheer Chadwick. Um, daddy's an elite big wig. Daddy's going to fix everything. Daddy's wonderful. Daddy's a scumbag, right? Who, who is in this, this uh, society of scumbags. Like they don't see the, the, the reality of their situation. They, um, it's, it's almost as if, uh, you know, uh, whatever the truth is, they run counter to it just because if this is green, no, it's not, it's red, but they're saying it's green. Um, and then you get the forces of good. Jack created this character called general Argyle fist. <laughs> and, and he's looking for the underground, uh, new society base in the badlands. And he, he finds it and helps out cap and the Falcon. And it's just, a, it's a crazy story about how, people can can be manipulated uh in this case through um you know outlandish science fiction means but it, i mean it's a giant chrome dildo with a brain that that ov overtakes people's minds and makes them do despicable things uh it's not too far from the truth right that that if you put um the notion in a lot of people's brains you can get them to um do whatever you, you damn well want them to do. Uh, sometimes without limits, right? I mean, we've seen it. So whatever. Uh, allegory, you decide. You want to read it uh, in that respect. It works. It, it also works as just a goofy old um, Jack Kirby, just crazy romp. And it, it's wonderful for being so. Uh, the, the takeaway for me, and it's the takeaway whenever I read something Jack has drawn, I love the way Kirby drew wood. 
It's the weirdest thing. Huh. I, yeah, I don't know what it is. And I, it's, it's, I've been this way since a kid. Whenever Jack draws a piece of wood splintering or blowing up, I'm completely captivated. I have no idea why. Uh, it looks exact. Like, I know their lines. They're, 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 they're streams of black that a man, or in this case, a couple of men, because Jack has a, a host of inkers on here. But uh, in this case, they're just lines on paper, right? They're not pieces of wood. They, they, they are just lines. But in my little, my brain, in my, my, my young brain, whenever I see Jack Kirby drawing wood, I can't even think. I get all goofy. Like, it's like, holy shit, this is a piece of wood that's exploding. I, explain it. I don't know. I don't know why. I really don't. And I can't put, hmm. put words Especially- to it. I can't put words to it now, but yeah, whenever yeah. I see someone will bust through a door, bah, and you yeah. get massive splinters going all over the place, I'm like, oh, <laughs> look at that. Apropos of nothing, Vince, because I, 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 I don't want to derail this, but but you just made me think of something. I don't know if you, I don't remember if it was posted in a place where you would have seen it, because I know you're not on the socials anymore, other than, I mean, Facebook, but but uh, Gil, um, he he ordered like through some third party uh like kirby energy that you yeah. can that you can kirby add crackle. to your to your marvel legends figures like kirby crackle oh like actual kirby 3d yeah, crackle. yeah oh that's like, cool yeah yeah it was really neat shout out to uh to to our 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 toy god mr gil cologne I love when they do um, add-ons to existing toy lines, like the yes. thir- third-party things. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's don't look on Big Bad Toy Store because there's a lot of things like yeah, that. Yeah, no, Big Bad's good that way. I mean, yeah. I've, I've gotten the add-ons with, I think all the combiners that I've ordered through them, I've gotten the add-ons with the better, the, like the better hand, like the more yeah. more articulate hands and and weapons and stuff. Dude, do, do the Earthrise Scorponok has two add-on sets? And oh, really? All, all told. It's like 75, 80 bucks just for the add-ons. And it's just, yeah. you know, replacement guns for his shoulders or uh, panels that snap onto his shield. Like, yeah. do you really need them? Uh, yeah, I think no, I do. We don't really need the toys in the first place, right? No, <laughs> who needs a two-foot-tall Scorponok? Nah, you know, who needs... Oh, pile of arrived today. Oh, right. What'd you get? Uh, got... Uh... Brown and brown and and yellow Wolverine. Uh, I got uh, Starscream. Got uh, four Cobra Troopers. You're, are you uh, army building? Building. Uh, got uh, Destro. Uh, Zartan. Whoop, whoop. I think that's it. Wow. I'll be totally honest with you. When I was active back on the. The Transformers G.I. Joe boards and somebody would, would show their collection and they had like 20 or 30, you know, Cobra soldiers. I'd be like, oh, fucking idiot. Like you got way <laughs> too much. <laughs> way too Guilt much. Guilt got like 20 of them. But that's not me now. But back in the day, that's exactly what yeah, I No, thought. no, no. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was I was often like I was thinking I would have loved to have it. But I was like, I couldn't figure out how to convince my parents to let me get the same figure over and over again. But I always thought it was weird because you'd be playing. Well, I would be playing GI Joe, and yeah, yeah, I just don't get like it. One, you know, like one bat and one viper, and you're like, but they're supposed to be a whole army. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, like stormtroopers. How do you only get one stormtrooper? I was just going to say that. Like, I would never buy more than one stormtrooper. Oh, I had lots. Of, but see, well, that's where the toys got smart, right? Because they and, and and that that was the workaround for all of us, right? They, whether it be Star Wars or Joe, we got a shit ton of different stormtroopers, and we got a shit ton of different Cobra. And they would also include a figure with with a with a weapon or a vehicle, so that you know you could end up with 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 an extra but normally that would be specific for that that vehicle that'd be the pilot or whatever but still you'd at least have another bad guy yeah it's like the the stormtrooper with the old orange uh shoulder pad i gotta buy what to get that the uh thinking about the wood and it, it basically jack is just like fuck you physics because there's no way uh-uh. the shield is gonna no, do. Oh, but it's it's but it is it's 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 the kind of you know it's the kind of explosion you'd see in something like the Expendables where it's like that makes absolutely zero sense. There's no right. way that that whole building would would go down with the firecracker. But it's still um, it's it's visually I you can't you can't look away. I mean I no. I spent a lot of time looking at just just looking at panels on the pages here, and I'm I mean and 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 I yeah there are. Like the cover to one ninety three is inked by Ramita, and 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 Ramita Senior is is yeah, he's dead, very present dead in, giveaway in that yeah. picture of 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 Cap. Not so much maybe in the background with the crowd, but yes, you can definitely tell John Ramita Senior has a hand there. Um, and then you know, Giacoya could kind of he's there are times where it's it may look a little rushed, uh, but still there's still so many lines in in these panels, and and every panel for the most part. Is packed with something. There's something going on in the background. There aren't a lot of just blank, stark red panels with with with, with Cap speaking at the reader. It's it's it's. There's always something going on in the background. Someone's doing something. There's some some tech. So Kirby loves his his gadgets, and you can always tell a Kirby gadget. And I, I just this is definitely not something that even you know as we're, we're making fun of how small this omnibus is, but this is still not a, the, 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 these few hundred pages. You're not just going to flip through them and, and just casually no, no. read, read this story. No. There, there is, there is a lot for your eyes to take in. You here. said F you physics, F you anatomy, <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's logic, funny. no logic. Always... <laughs> like Jack just doesn't care or he, he didn't does. care. Uh, the, you know, the human body doesn't, the muscles in the legs, Jack, don't do that. I don't care. <laughs> they work for me this way. Like everybody's gonna look like Danny from the next men. Yeah. The shield would never ever how about when when the guy straps a bomb to oh the, to the <laughs> shield? <laughs> it's like it's like, back. Yeah. And and, and Cap's just like, Well, I'm almost gonna move over here because you know what? It's coming back to you. It's Boom. Back. It's like it doesn't do it no matter who throws it. Dude. No, it depends. On, but it's it's, it's great. And it's like, and and my man goes absolutely. But give me back my shield. It's like my man. Oh yeah, because no, took his shield. It's he like, got. Dude. I think we should we should uh, embellish on that for the listener. There's a. Uh, the Falcon and Captain America are in with the the new elite society, and they have the equivalent of uh, gladi- uh, gladiator games, right? But it, it it's called the Kill Derby. And if you think about it for a second, this was created in 75. Jack had to have seen Rollerball. 
he mm. with with James Conn. He had to have the the, the kill derby sequence is so roll, rollerball. It's disgusting. Well, I'm not disgusting. It's it, it's blatant. Let's just say Cap and the Falcon are are on these these skateboards and like oh and they're going around and someone takes um, Cap's shield and he flips the hell out. Like people are dying. And this thing can't say, oh, well, I guess, you know, it happens in war. But you take his shield, he goes off the deep end. Like, he's, he's like, I, I cannot have that artifact be used in this nefarious purposes. And he gets, like, possessed. And, and he needs to retrieve his shield. And it's just, it's the, the most, by far, that Steve is unhinged in this, in the, the Mad Bomb story. But it, it's, it's, there's no contest. He just goes absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, he took my goddamn shield. <laughs> and the panels all close up on Cap. His eyes are all bugging out. It's like, dude. Yeah, and he gets that Kirby like the thing with the teeth. <laughs> give me my, <laughs> give me my damn shield. Oh. it's like his crack rock. He needs his crack rock, right? Well, that's the now, symbol. Now Vince started this conversation by saying he thinks this is perfect comics, and Dap, you just alluded to it. But one of my notes here was the big question mark of. What did you all think about Frank Jacoya? Because he he inks the majority of these issues. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, I'll just say like we've talked about this before in terms of our favorite uh, Kirby inkers. I don't think Jacoya is making anybody's top five list for for Jack. So you know, uh, I don't think he did a bad job. I, well, I mean, it's I, not it's not like oh, right? No, no, it's not Coletta. I mean, but but it's but but I mean it's. Like I can't help but when I was reading this, thinking the what if of you know what if we had right. one of his classic pairings, you know mm-hmm. what if we had you like know Senate or yeah, well that that's the thing like later that. on in the run, um, yeah. Jack brings in Mike Royer, right, right, and yeah. and Mike was his uh, Mike was his choice at, uh, because if there was ever a, a, a more faithful inker than um, Mike Royer, I've never seen him. He just basically. I don't want to say traced, but he no, just, yeah, he, he was, was very, very faithful to the marks that Jack made. Is the, right. the Al Milgram of his time. Uh, uh, no, Al, Al yeah. Milgram is very, if, if you, if you look at Joe Casada and you compare it and, and, and you look at an Al Milgram inked Casada image compared to Palmiati or even Danny Miki, um, there is, it, it's, it's mostly Casada under Milgram's inks. Al, Al did not, he didn't, he, he didn't, he was no Nolan. He was no Sienkiewicz. He, he was no Jansen. He just, it, it, he was, he was very um, loyal to the pencils. Yeah. The same way that I would say Royer is with Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see, I think um, Frank is very raw. He, he takes a very, um, expressionistic approach to the line in, in a lot of cases I, I see it when dap said rushed i don't see it as rushed i see it as as there's a spontaneity to his inking um you know call it what you will uh the, I, I i like it i, I think it, it it works very well with uh jack's pencils but again they're jack's pencils how do you fuck up the there the, is... the god of comics you can't it, you know. it was towards the um when I rushed, rush is not the right word. It, there are, um, there were moments 
early on before D. Bruce Berry comes in, but there are um, there there are issues early in the run that Giacoya inks that that look great. As we get closer to two hundred, that's when things aren't as um, I, I I guess polished and not as um, not not as finely detailed. They're, 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 and I and and I could also be you know maybe he's just going by what Jack has on the page and and maybe you know Jack is spitting these issues out maybe you know he left so, some gaps that 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 Frank didn't want to um, guess at, at at filling in but it wasn't there were there were just uh, it wasn't it wasn't as tight. <laughs> In the later issues as it was at the start of the run. I'm just, I'm sorry. I wasn't laughing at you. No, I'm, la- I'm laughing at the fact that William Tari goes through the entire run with a fucking powdered wig on. Have you no self-respect? Seriously. Well, obviously you don't, right? No, but, no. you know, some of the things that, that strike me, it seems that the Mad Bomb, when it kicks in, it does something to the dental work. Of the people that it overtakes, <laughs> Jack just loves to mess with people's teeth. Yeah, uh, yeah. You could you could be you know a supermodel, have the most most perfect grill, and you get hit by the Mad Bomb, and you're you, you're like a vampire chick. You got spaces in your teeth. You got hooked uh, canines. It's nuts. Um, yeah, that's just a silly thing. I love Tinkerbell. Oh yeah, Tinkerbell's awesome. Um, again, for those of you who haven't read this, Tinkerbell is um, a giant African American woman in the New Society, and she's a thug. She's a massive brute of a woman, and her name is Tinkerbell. What else would it be, right? What else would it be? I, I, <laughs> that's Jack, you dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the draw bald headed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a throwback, but uh, I, I can't read these things without just being giddy. I'm sorry, I'm, sure. I'm not. I'm not looking for a deeper meaning in in these, or or you know, yes, there are currents that uh, exist today. Uh, thematically, you could trace them to to nasty goings on today, but you know, it's just Cap fighting a society of, of very very bad people, and Jack being totally goofy and over the top. And and bombastic, uh, they, it doesn't get better. I'm not going to apologize for the fact that I don't have one single negative criticism of this entire uh, book, other than the fact that there should be much, much more of it. That's it. That's that's it. It's an easy read too, you know. I mean, some comics from from back in that day are just wordy as fuck and. It's wordy. Yeah, it's wordy. Uh, I guess. Well, maybe as a testament to the to the to the cartooning, I didn't. I felt like it was a pretty breezy read. Awesome. I, I wasn't. You know. But I don't ever, and I I never have once questioned the veracity of anything Kirby lays down. Like that machine that has all these dials and all these pipings, and and it just takes up an entire room. I don't for a second think that that doesn't do exactly what Kirby says it does. <laughs> or, you know, sure. or, or even if he doesn't say, uh, he doesn't delineate the function of a machine, I'll be like, oh, okay. So that's very important, that thing there. They need that. Because without that, they can't stick that, that little activator in there 
to to make it work and i'm okay i believe that's the thing i believe everything kirby ever did and it's it jack is not a realist right i i wouldn't call his art realistic um no. it's you know it's grounded in realism like he is working for a mainstream comic book company drawing characters that were designed to appeal to a, a wide swath of people but jack is not a super realist um there's a lot of exaggeration uh in his work and the that the fact that jack is widely regarded as the best the medium has ever gotten that makes me so happy because it's not his work is not um it's not realism and that's that's the thing that i i i i uh i strive for maybe maybe jack set the template with me as a young kid jack mm-hmm. wasn't a realist and i don't like realism now that's I probably can see that. that's probably yeah. why I, yeah. it's like being on the couch right doctor i remember these kirby comics when i was a kid and uh yeah <laughs> i'm just i'm i mean you, i know you say you, like you say you don't like realism but like you like stuff like prince valiant you know like you you oh you can, yeah i you know? i admire realism um yeah. i i i um, like mark schultz like oh jeez like, yeah. yeah yeah like yeah. I, if you can pull wally wood was extremely dave uh, realistic dave stevens mm-hmm. like that but but though while wally wood and dave stevens were were realists but stylistically they were um again working their magic with those lines like even though even even though dave stevens drew betty to look like betty page and it was grounded in realism wow there was a lot of embellishment there and he just knew what to do and how to do it like wally wood when he when he would draw a woman in a in a skin tight spacesuit and it would stretch between the breasts like why would you think of doing that but in hindsight holy shit that's perfect right and the way he cast shadows under the breasts and the 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 the, the childbearing hips like there's a there's an aesthetic um not not even to mention wally wood uh, uh the uh, I'm gonna butcher my French, but the the mise en scène, like everything else that comes with the wood as- aesthetic, like the backgrounds and the machinery and the, the you know the, the even large uh, swaths of of outer space, like that is all coming together under Wally Wally Wood's uh, uh, methodology, and you can't you just can't ignore it, like it's it, and you can't attribute it to anyone else. That's Wally Wood. Right? That's why I say when it's, how real is it? It's not, but it is. That's the conundrum about realism. These are marks on paper. It's not real at all. There's, there's, it, 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 he's making us think we're seeing a, a, a butch space hero, right? But it's not. It's just a bunch of different lines on the paper. It's just the way he puts them together in a realistic way, I guess. I don't know. You got me going, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> realism is a funny word. It doesn't mean I don't think it. Uh, it could be defined in a in a number of ways. How real are little blobs on a piece of on a, on a on a on a surface like Jack? There's nothing realistic about Jack, and yet here we are with the Fantastic Four in the negative zone, and we're looking at a nihilist, and it's like holy shit. I don't know. I just think Jack was magic. One of one of the few artists um, 
then or since that had some real, actual, honest-to-God magic in his work. Yeah. I mean, I know you are an artist and you teach art, so you're probably much better at at, at uh, expressing your views on this stuff. But I have so often tried to figure out why some comic art just ignites thrill with me and 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 some does not because hmm. it isn't it's it's not a type right i mean there, there, there's i can look at a book from fanographics where it's stick figures right and love it you know what i mean like yeah. just, people don't or but then i can see like the most perfectly rendered image and be totally uninspired by it but it's not like i don't like like but it, but other times i could flip it i could there's there's i don't know it, it's like I, it always comes down to like to me it's innate it's hard to it is often hard for me to decipher why certain styles or certain artists appeal to me because it's not like i have a universal love for any particular style or universal distaste for any particular style right um i i i think while we don't need to know the intent behind certain works, I think uh, there it's unmistakable when the artist um, was not enthused about mm-hmm. working on a certain project. Like there's a transference of energy from the artist's hand into the work that you can't detect it with a, a Kirby device. It's there. Right, and you pick up on it whether it's conscious or unconscious. Right, you, you could tell slapdash, haphazard, uninspired work. You, you, it doesn't call out to you and say the guy didn't feel like drawing this page, but it's there, it, you, and it's in, it's in the line, it's in the work. I, I think that's a part of it. I just think moods have a lot to do with it too. Like you, you've, you've flip flopped on Mike Allred. You know, so one of one of the best uh, draftsmen ever. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, and, and quite right. I mean, and I, Frank I mean, quite. And it wasn't because you didn't. Um, I don't even want to put words in your mouth, but something within you changed, whether it was your mood or your 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 knowledge or your experience well, with yeah, art. Those I can decipher. Those were because I had been up till those initial exposures to those guys largely only exposed to what I'll say is a wide range, but but generally like a house superhero style, right? Like I had mainly spent my life reading mainstream Marvel comics. And certainly there are a lot of different styles within that, but right. but those two in particular were such departures at the time for me visually. But like but that being said, I mean I loved Sinkevich the first time I laid eyes on him and he was obviously very, very much different from so so it's it, it so but yes, you but but I I do when I when you bring up all red or quietly, I, I cringe because I I can't I can't imagine being that person again. Like I, I like that to to me the entire way I look at art and the medium has changed so much that like I can't fathom that there was a time when I once saw what they were doing and thought, not for me. You know what I mean? But well, there are still artists I see now and I'm like, not for me, but I think it comes from a much more educated place. And and it's generally I mean, there are times we all have it where just aesthetically something doesn't grab us and that and that just is what it is. That gets back to my initial point of like sometimes you're feeling it, sometimes you're not. But but I think now when I generally when I'm when I dislike the art that I see, it's 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 typically for 
process reasons. Right. It's it's that I think it's not well rendered or it looks rushed or it's not well composed or the anatomy's you know, the anatomy's wonky, that kind of thing. It's not just because of oh, this doesn't look like what I expected it to look like. I think there's an equation. Um somewhere and i don't know exactly what it would be but i'm guessing it would be something like time plus the willingness to grow to change to experience new things to learn uh you know i didn't like jazz who who did like jazz when they were a kid right growing up all i wanted was well as a child of the 70s growing up all i wanted was was kiss and fucking boston and and like like hard heavy uh, music, you know, because I was a I was a dude, and and you know, you think with your dick, and you want this yeah, this thumping music, and then as you grow, you're like, ah, there's more shit out there. Let me try this, and you listen to it, and it may not click the first time, it may not click the hundredth time, but then something, then it clicks, and you're like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, this kind of blue is kind of great. <laughs> why why is it great now and it wasn't great when i was 10 time plus willingness to experience new things the ability to change and learn yeah i i, I, I don't there's more to the it yeah me too like I, I because i think it works in both directions right i i think that there are things you love or i can't speak for you guys but but i but for me there are things that i i loved or remember loving at another point in my life and when i've attempted to revisit it i'm like oh you know, and it doesn't take away that I loved it then, or that right. I, I. But but I but I just don't. The lens with which I see it now is so different that it just. And I think, my I like I was, you know, like I'm, and and, and but it, but your point. But there there are lots of other things where I don't think I would have liked it, or I didn't like it back at a different point in my life, and then you revisit it. Um, I mean, that actually just happened this week. I was gonna make Dap smile. I I. He talked about how much he was moved by The Leftovers, the, the TV show. And I mentioned that I tried to watch it twice and couldn't couldn't get into it. And he and the some of the slackers' adoration for it, I thought, let me let me let me give this another go. And I'm four episodes in and I think it's fantastic. But like the thing is, is like, why? Like, why do I think it's fantastic this time? But the first two times I tried it, I thought, nah. See, call me a dickhead. But mm-hmm. that Never. may be the no. That may be uh, 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 the product of not peer pressure. But when a bunch of people that you respect all praise something and you don't get it, you're more willing to give it. And oh, definitely, be, right. Definitely. So uh, why, why I'm certain it's probably a very good show. I think the fact that Dap likes it and a bunch of people on the Slack like it made you more receptive to it the third time around. But like it, but but again, it that's it's not always like that, right? Like that that uh, that show with um, Pacey and uh, Anna Tor. Oh, Fringe, name? Fringe, yeah, yeah. I tried watching Fringe like three times because you all love it, and everyone's like, and it's like totally a genre that I like so much of, and I just don't like it. Hmm. I just don't like. I don't like that show. You know what I mean? So it's it's it. But yes, I think that's certainly when you see people whose opinions you you value gush about something. You know, you you think, oh, maybe, but but I'm more interested in the why I didn't take, why you don't take it. That happens with me with comics all the time, and, and that's unfortunately a a downer because we there are tons of times that I will read a comic and be nonplussed by it, and because we read a lot of comics, and rarely do I go back to it. But but the times I do go back to it is generally when 
it's like the start of an arc or the first issue of something. And then we end up talking about the whole thing on the show. Cause one of you or one of the other ones of us wants to talk about it or it's a book of the month or whatever. And, and then, but, but I'll notice that sometimes just, I could be in the wrong mood to, to read something, you know, and then you, you, but like, Oh, but I want to go back. And then you go back and you re, you read that first issue again. And then, and then issues two and three, and you're like, that's fucking great. Like, why right? did I like it? Yeah. Like yeah. last week I wasn't into it, but this week it's great. So like, I think it's, it's like you said, it's, it's, there's the wider of like, of course, what you're going to like as a 12 year old is different than a 20 year old versus a 40 year old. But, but there's also even like within a week, like your mood and what kind of vibe you are. And, and we, we make those trade offs a lot like you're, with music, right? I mean, the mu- I listen to a sh- we all we all listen to tons of different types of music, and that you kind of is your guidepost as your mood, like on oh, the mood for this kind of music, or I want to, you know. But but like with reading comics, it's I don't know that I'm as thoughtful in curating that, even though I have a vast enough library of 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 material in my home, including a lot that's been never read, where I really could curate that. Like if I if I had more presence of mind in the moment i could more actively curate the type of comic i'm about to experience but sometimes i just grab a stack of stuff i, have, I haven't read and, and start reading right and sometimes that pays off where i'm like holy shit what a week in comics and then other times I'm like oh this was a slog like, and why? see I, I made this comment um on the slack uh recently and and if you're all wondering about this slack we keep talking about and you you are a newer listener to the show we have a channel a dedicated slack channel for our patrons um those that choose to join at that level and what it is is it's just a uh, a, uh you get in and we have a bunch of different topics and we all sit around all day long seemingly <laughs> and and comment on each other's you know, ideas and, and, and trends and stuff. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. It's awesome. But anyway, to quote Wheezy, uh, I said on the Slack recently, I think um, I looked at your list for this episode, Jason, on the Slack, and I uh, your, your red list. And I'm like, there's no way I'd read all that in a week. There's no way. And I know some of them are carryovers. From previous weeks. But if I read all those in one week, by the time I got to Yojimbot Volume 1 on the bottom, I would have forgotten what I read at the top of the list. And I think we consume too many comics. Like, I know, (laughs) I know, I know your brain is attuned to trying to, um, you know, devour as much information as you possibly can. Mine doesn't work that way. Mm. Right. I I want to I want to read something and I want to reflect and 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 let it let it sink in and and let the, you know, uh, reminisce mentally uh, in my mind's eye about about the art and the story. And and if I have to, I'll read it again and, and, you know, revisit. I I definitely think I'm not going to, you know, uh, curtail my comic book buying, but I'm not going to. Uh, just plow through a stack of books just because I have them, right? Yeah, I mean, our brains just work differently in that regard, right? Like, and this is not just the comics. This is my the way I make my living. This is with the football stuff. Like, my right. I, I am I my brain is wired to take in as much information as I can and then trust that the important stuff's gonna gonna rise to the top. And, and when I say important, I just mean like the stuff worthy of of evaluating further or discussing or sharing or 
acting upon depending on what type of information we're talking about so for me like i like i i'm just the opposite in terms of 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 where i feel i am with comics and that i am guilty i feel guilty about how few comics i get i get to read like i i i wish i i just i said to holden my youngest yesterday i said holdy you know i i said i would love it if i could just because i was I was gently chastising him for his lack of reading. I, I it drives me nuts that my kids don't like to read, like like you know they read for school, but but they don't just like to sit down and read. It drives me nuts. And, and I was chastising him a bit for it playfully, and and I said, dude, I'm like I would, if I could retire, I would literally it would be a dream if I could just spend three months in our great room with fire going reading comics. Like it would the thought of that gives me so much pleasure i can't like and it's never going to happen but it, it i'm so excited at the prospect of that and he was like you're weird and i'm like but that that would be like that is nirvana to me the yeah. idea of being able to just because uh, we've said but they talk this many times but i am because i've been doing the getting the care packages ready i've been i am overwhelmed at not just how much book i have but when i look at the book i have i think I'm dying to read that. I'm dying to read that. I'm dying to read that. Right? So then I think, well, wait a minute. If there's all this stuff that you possess and you're dying to read it, <laughs> you should never, ever not be champing at the bit to come on the show and gush about something. And right. yet, there are plenty of times when we do an episode when I'm like, eh, what I read was okay. You know? like, like But that shouldn't be the case because there's thousands of things in my home that i see and i'm like dying to read that like i i like i can't believe i've well maybe you buy too much oh a hundred percent there's no question about that but but regardless of 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 that the fact is i have a lot of book in my home that i am legitimately excited to to read right and and it's just i so yeah i i i try and read as much as i can but there's just so much more that i would love to read you know, and I always think like, well, if I read two or three times more than I got a chance to read this week, the, there's a greater likelihood that there'd be something I thought was absolutely gobsmackingly great that I want to really, really make sure we talk about it. You know, I get you. Um, I think we uh, where we differ is pace pacing. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're just like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the dog on the the uh, what's a commercial with the dog treats. Uh, but the, yeah, sausages. it's sausages. sausages. Yeah. yeah, that that's Jason, and I'm just like, oh, let me turn this page. Wait a minute, no, maybe not. Uh, okay, I'm gonna turn the page. Like, yeah, I, I, I like to know, consume funny. things slowly. We've been friends uh, for so long now, and I, I don't even know that I know your either of your reading processes, like like that. Like, I like I don't even know. Do you read a little bit each day? Do you do you, go for a couple of days and not read and then and then sit down and read for like I don't I don't know for either of you. I mean I get the sense we we all read more days than we don't because we love comics, but I I don't really know that like I even under, understand the ifs and whens you guys do read and when you don't. That's funny. I there are and 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 it's funny because of the the, the mood I'm in right now. There there I try to read every day. Um I try to read something every day, especially since I'm staring at a screen most days. I want to do something else that's not on a screen, so I'll I I, I generally try to find a, a, a trade or a stack of books that, that 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 have been sitting waiting to be read, and and I'll try to go through them. And I have been working on 
just cutting back on and it's not even a financial thing it is it's it's like what Vince is saying it's it's there's there's just i'm not i i just i want to spend time with things that that i enjoy and that i i i, I can appreciate and respect but the, right now what's weird is i i am presently and i i i didn't update my list but i am presently like like i did with um with iron man last week um I'm st- I'm going through my digital regime at the moment, and and I I went back to um the the Kyle Hotz issue early on in the Immortal Hulk run, and I've been I've I I picked up where I left off there, and I'm up into like the 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 late twenties. So I'm 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 reading Immortal Hulk right now, just kind of going through that through my comicsology library, thanks to Wimmer, and and I'm just. So I've been I've been chugging along with that, uh, and then I'll take a break and I'll read something else. Like I'll, I'll read the leftovers novel, and and then I'll. So I kind of have to be in the mood, but there there are days. It's rare. It's usually like on a Sunday where like I won't read any comics, and and I should. I just I get caught up doing other things, and and I kind of spend time doing something else. I try to read every day. Um, I try to read for myself. I'd like to read things that I can bring to the show. There are times that that may not always happen, but um, yeah, I, I guess I can get into a rut. And and if I'm if I'm maybe not in the mood, and it's not, and it's always a me thing. It's not like something I've read turned me off from reading something else. It really is just whether or not do I really feel like reading something that either I started reading before and now I have to think about where i left off and and i'm i'm a worry about it jumbling up with something else that 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 i'm reading and i gotta i i'm trying to remember things but um no it it really it's it's weird i don't i don't wake up every day saying yes i'm going to read 60 pages of 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 this comic or something it it really it whatever there are times where it's whatever's closest to me and then there are times where i just have an active I've made a conscious effort to to read like, like, like right now. With, I'm, I'm trying to get current uh, on the Immortal Hulk. I, I got current on X Force, and all, all because I had the iPad in my hand, and I'm like, well, what else is in the library? What else? What else have I let lapse? And and those are some of the things that that were just. And and I'm going to get back to the to the Coats Captain America because I I stopped reading that around issue I don't know eight or nine, so I have a bunch of issues of those to read too. But. Um, it's just, it was easier because I had the iPad in my hand. It was easier for that than if I grabbed a stack of Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel or Miles Spider-Man. Uh, and then I'm lugging those downstairs. At least the iPad's pretty much always with me. What about you, Vince? Ooh. I read constantly. If if I'm not um, sleeping or at work, I'm probably reading. Um, it's just that a lot of it... Um, I, I try and balance the 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 prose with the uh the comics uh, yeah, uh I guess there's no rhyme or reason I don't put it anywhere near as much thought into it as that but if it's if there's if there's something uh I'll just walk by and I'll be like oh I'll read that you know like that's about it that that's the 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 extent of of my planning um 
I, I guess there's there's not there's not a recipe for mine. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'll I'll read um, twenty pages of a, a game manual, and then I'll I'll read a you know a, a couple comics, and then I'll read a, 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 a biography of Sun Ra, and then I'll read more. You know, like I just like to I don't like to read the same thing uh, for an extended period of time, meaning like days. That then it gets a little uh, cumbersome. But I'm I'm all over the map. I I don't know. I don't I don't have a uh, a methodology whatever works i'm i'm f- i'm very fickle like um uh, and and ooh shiny if 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 i'm in the mood to read some fantasy if i if i'm lodged in that mood to read fantasy i'll read fan- nothing but fantasy for the entire week right you could tell by my reading list oh well, sure what, yeah. what i've been Sometimes in the mood in the manga to read. Yeah. The, yeah 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 but i mean and like both of you i keep buying and buying and i have yeah, uh, yeah like a ridiculously large amount of stuff that i have not read and i could st- we we always say this i could stop buying today yep. and yep. live another two lifetimes and still have enough to read yeah that's the thing it's like it's not a rat race i mean i think a lot of comics readers back of our age in particular were uh were hooked on the the continuity chain of, of having every issue of, of runs that we liked for a long time and i think most of us through our attrition and and life and and just you know passage of time and understanding how the sausage is made have kind of gotten away from that to most for the most case but but i still think like yeah i mean to your point you were saying about I, I buy too much it's just it's just true you know like it's because there's so many things that look interesting and i think oh, i'd love to have that or i'd love to read that but then it's like but but then it gets overwhelming because then, like I said, it's like I have all these things, and then the next set of stuff comes in. And it's like, oh, that looks cool too, and then I forget, that, right? And, you know, and 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 when I when I bought this house and I had the comic room, I the first few years we were here, it was great because it was set up perfectly, and I would go in and and like you said, I would kind of just like look around, and then oh, that looks cool. I'm gonna pull that off the shelf, and that's what I'm gonna read next. And that's what I long for. It's just that now I have so much book that I need to basically wholesale reorganize and get rid of a bunch of stuff so that I can get back to the point where I can go in there and it's just like a sanctum sanctorum where I can just pick something off the shelf and read it. Now it's stacks upon stacks of things and I have to kind of mentally say, oh, I want to read that thing and then go and find it and pull it out of the stack. And, you know, it's just suboptimal. It, It takes the the it takes the spontaneity of it away and uh i mean that's 100 percent on me i but i just I, I just need to make the commitment to uh to, to getting that tight and right it's at the point now where i'm thinking in inches um i'll explain um i'm, I'm thinking mm, that barry windsor smith monsters book is two inches uh will take up two inches of space on my bookshelf can i really devote those very very valuable two inches of remaining space to barry windsor smith's monsters and and of course the answer is yes right but somewhere down the road i'm thinking all right well look at this 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 book's fairly interesting but holy shit it's an inch and a half thick can i spend that inch and a half on this book because what if something comes like i we only have a limited amount of space and yes i have a, a number of open shelves still. I mean, I can keep going uh, for a couple of years, but it still like it, it's either I either have to get rid of something 
to to uh, make room for the new thing or be very very conscious of how much shelf space i'm i'm spending on this thing and is it really worth the shelf space like it, once it yep. hits that shelf it's there forever yep right i don't i don't know that's how i feel about the omniboo i own so many and i've read so few because a lot of them that i i i have are collections of things i have already read and and then you know and it's just like what and 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 now I think well, a lot of times I could just go and read the digis, you know, right. like like I like the I own this Cap Omnibus that we discussed tonight, but I read, but I read the issues off of Marvel Unlimited because it was easier. <laughs> that's a sickness. That's a sickness. Yeah. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's ridiculous. Like right. it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like I literally have Omnibu collections from 10 years ago on my shelf that I've never cracked open because, and then I don't feel like a compulsion to, because I can, it would be easier now to just pull it up on Marvel unlimited if we want to talk about it or I want to read, you know what I mean? So it's like, why do I keep buying them? Like, like I, other than the value I put on having the thing, which is absurd, like it doesn't really have any utility for me. Like it, like, like pulling a lot of these, like the war of the realms one, Am I really clamoring to reread War of the Realms anytime yes, soon? Seriously, I don't get that. Yet I bought a sixteen hundred page omnibus. Like, like, and if I do have a hankering, and I don't know why I would, but if I do, I can just pull it off of Marvel Unlimited and read it right. off my nice, beautiful iPad Pro that is like what, like a pound and a half, you know? So it's yeah. like, it's just, it is a sickness. It, it, be, being a collector, it, like with any addiction, there is an addiction component to it. I, I fully admit, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a drug user. Knock on wood. I don't, but, but I, I am a, I am an addict when it comes to, That's, to the book. It's, it's absolutely it's an addiction. How I felt about the, um, the cult collections. It's like, you know, you, on one hand, I'm like, you guys are getting it. It'd be neat to have if it ever comes up. I, you know, we, we, I, I can join in on the conversation. It's it, from a historical context. It, it, it'd be cool to have, you know, an archival copy of these stories that I've, I've, I've maybe read once of some of. But uh, when the time came and I was doing my order, I, 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 I'm honestly sitting here when I'm placing my orders these days, and I'm like, when. A, I'm not going to just sit down and read this for fun, but when am I going to get around to reading it when it gets here on top of everything else that I'm already planning on reading? What is this? Is this, yeah. am I going to open my box and say, shit, I need to read this right now. This is what I've been waiting for all month. Well, I got you covered uh, with the call. Don't worry about that. But I understand what you're, what you're talking about. Right. Um, but I think there's various levels of love for that particular book. Oh, sure. Like no, 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 I, yeah, that's, yeah that's I need to have that. Yes, that absolutely. Jason, I like, need to. I need to have the Titans omnibus. Do right? I, do I need them? No, I've read them stories. Oh many no, times. the call's a great example for me. I have zero interest in call. Like, like I, I can't envision a scenario where I'm going to stand and read those omnibus, and yet I bought them. Do like I, I don't do, 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 because I'm like, oh, I don't have this. Like I don't have the issues. <laughs> no, you know, and I'm like, oh, that. But, but it's so silly because. I buy omnibus when I have the issues. <laughs> I buy omnibus when I don't have the issues. Right. I buy omnibus when I think I might want to read it. I buy omnibus that I probably never will read, but I think, oh, but it'd be great to have a collection of this on the shelf as a historical record, as if I'm the fucking Library of Congress. And someone's going to, like, yes. and my comic room is going to be the definitive <laughs> record of all the great comics that never existed. But that's how I think. I'm like, well, 
is it an important comic? Like, is it like, does it have provenance? I, I, why shouldn't I own it then? I should own it. Is this the comic? My son's going to come downstairs and say, hey, dad, you got anything about this guy? Call. Oh, well, exactly. No, that's the other thing. I can't get my kids to read, you know, bone or. Do you mean call the king? The man who was walking the earth before Atlantis sank? Why? Yes, I do. And yet, with all this being said, you know, Saturday I'm going to sit down and look through previews and get uh, and get turgid and make a video for the patrons. Be like, oh shit, we got to get on this, people. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like it's just. Well, should you ever to decide to go back and buy those omnibus you missed, there's one place to get them very, very cheaply. Oh, really? Yes. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Oh, I respect You can it. get your OG ends, you can get your trade paperbacks, your omnibus, collected editions out the wazoo. They are your online home for brand new graphic novels and collected editions up to 50% off the cover price. Last time, I did a little search and I said, all right, let me check and see what they have uh, that is, is tuned to my particular tastes. And I did, you know, da, 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 da. oh, look at this. This one's 40% off, 40% off, 40% off. Like it, it was a recurring number. And then I got a couple 50% offs and I, I cross-referenced like Jason taught me to do with Amazon, far cheaper, far cheaper at CheapGraphicNovels.com. It's built into the name, CheapGraphicNovels.com. They pride themselves on packaging your books so that they arrive safely and in excellent condition as well as prompt and helpful service. That's very important. And they have a bargain bin. Who doesn't love a damn bargain bin? Nobody that listens to this show. They have some deals, now some, like they're not all at this discount, but some deals are up to 90% off the cover price. Are you insane? Seriously, if you want to get trade paperbacks, OGNs, and Omnibu for not a whole lot of money, Go to CheapGraphicNovels.com. Yes, sir. Tell them 11 o'clock sent you. But anyway, what was I saying? I was going to say something. Uh, you just triggered the promo in my brain. But... Um, you oh, you got me covered with cult. Yes, I do. But you, do you see how my brain works? I'm thinking, oh, okay. I look, I, I'm in my reading room. And I'm looking around. And I see maybe I have like four and a half, five shelves open that I can fill with book. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. I got a couple years left, you know, depending on how I play my cards. In, my, in, in the, the inky, disgusting, dark recesses of my subconscious, it, it's poking and it's saying, you know what? If you buy floppies, you don't have to worry about any of this shit. You just get them, throw them in a box and keep buying more. Right. So if you look at my my order, it's mostly singles these days. That's how my my filthy, stupid brain works, that I'm still buying paper like a comic book box is the same or more size in, you know, in in terms of space taken up in my home. But I don't see it that way because they're thin. They're almost flat. I could buy a big stack of them. It's oh, that's not the same as that three inch four inch thick graphic novel but in a couple months it's going to be right so it's like duh but anyway i i just i don't know i i i I, when i think of all of the money that i have spent over the years on comics it's just like wow like i i don't even want to think about it uh, I, if, should I, t- uh, if I ever had to total the number, I would probably, you know, just stop buying comics altogether and be like, what? I, 
take an estimate on how how much you've spent over the years on comics. Uh, just comics or comics and art? Uh, no, <laughs> art. To, no, no, no. Just comics. Uh, well, I mean, well north of six figures. Right? Probably. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I spend five to seven at DCBS a month. Just that, right? So then then Amazon and Fantagraphics and InStock and cheap graphic novels and, you know, like, 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 like order those books and then cons and then. Now, do you, you said five figures? No, six figures. Oh, definitely six figures. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing, um, if you go, if I totaled since I've been a kid, how much I've spent? Mm. Uh, now, honestly, uh, prices were a lot lower back then, but, you know, I, I would guess I probably spent at least, wow. But yeah, scary amount. Like at least two hundred. Yeah, three hundred thousand. Yeah. And then I mean, I don't do this anymore. But when I was buying back issues and collecting, I mean, some of those were you know hundreds, if not right thousand plus for a single issue. Right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. you know. So yeah, but yeah, it's it's not, it's sad. It's, it's sad, it's, but but. Well, it's um, not sad. I mean, it's it's sad if if you if you regretted it. Sad no. if you didn't have the money to be, be like if you did it. Yeah. When you should have been saving money or paying bill, like, like fortunately, I, I don't view any of the stuff I've bought as like, like I shouldn't have financially. Like, like it was, you know what I mean? Like exactly. It was, like it was. Yeah. But yeah, but when you think, but it does. I I, I do think it does punctuate the absurdity of it. I mean, right. like 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 again, it's like it is absurd. Uh, you know, I I. And it wouldn't it wouldn't be as absurd if again I was reading it all. Like if I if whatever I was spending each month was what I was reading, then it would just be a passion and I can afford it, so it's cool. But I definitely way, way outspend my ability to consume. Yes. Yeah. Well that I've been trying to get those on an even keel. Yes. Yeah. It's hard. And the, 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 the singles do that. I can I can read a box of singles a month. I can't read a box of, of OGNs and, and omnibus and, and trade paperbacks. I can't. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the time. Or the desire because, you know, there are other things. You, you cannot live by bread alone or comics uh, for that matter. So uh, just to get back to our book of the month, I mean, it did lead us down strange and wonderful paths. But um, at the end of the day, it's all Jack. Jack uh, Kirby's Captain America Omnibus uh, was a wonderful. I, I, it was a wonderful experience, as it always is. That's all I can say. You guys, yeah, say what you want. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I like I said, I thought it was a, a fun, easy read. I, I, I love the tone. I, I, I love these characters, in particular Sam. I mean, I'm a, I'm a much bigger. Falcon fan than I am a a Cap fan. I, I do like Cap. I'm just saying, but I, I will actively seek out Falcon stories. Um, so yeah, I thought it was I thought it was terrific. I I highly recommend it to people. Um, you know, we just spent the last 45 minutes talking about too much book, but I will say that this is not an omnibus. I regret purchasing, and it is. I I often think the smaller ones are kind of better for a lot of people in the sense that it is readable. Yes, like physically, it's you know the the at the twelve hundred page one is hard. We've talked about it before. Like you worry about the spine cracking, and 
it's unwieldy at certain points to try and keep the pages open. But this one, you know, this is a this is a readable size. It is it is something you can take out onto your 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 back deck or your you know your your dining room table or whatever and, and, and give it a read without much hassle. I um I I enjoyed it a lot. I I don't um this it's weird after the conversation we just had, but I actually can see me going to the shelf and maybe not sitting down to read many issues, but at least flipping through it. And there are books I do that with. I'll I'll, I'll stop and I'll like whether it's Will World or, or or just something odd where it catches my eye, and I just decide to like Kirby's Commandy omnibus. I'll just flip through it what the hell for whatever reason but um it i'll be walking by i'm walking through my room and i'm like and i see it sitting there on the shelf so why not but well it is the greatest comic ever made that's what they say why wouldn't you want to do that when you open it up light streams out of it you can you can light your house with a commandy on too hot to hold seriously uh no this this is a lot of fun i it's a um it's it is an omnibus i'd recommend it it's it is of its time. If uh, you know, if, if if you just got done finish reading Brubaker's Cap, maybe don't dive into this right after. But it's uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I really I, I kind of knew what to expect, and it 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 took me in other directions, which I, I ain't mad about. Jack is Jack is an extremely creative individual i uh, i mean obviously comics wouldn't be the same without him and and um you know it, it's it's one thing to read the stories whether they're from uh the 40s or even the early early days of marvel in the 60s um but it, it, there's something about these the these mid-70s late 70s stories that uh i i i I'm glad I was. I'm glad they're available to to enjoy. It, it, enjoy is the right word. It, it's this is great. I absolutely had a blast, and um, and it, it it's a book I would recommend. Yeah, well, it is the last hurrah, though. I mean, it is bittersweet in a sense that um, it, while it is Kirby returning to one of his uh, most famous creations after this run. And his tenure at Marvel during this period, that's it. Like, yeah. what what comes after? Not a whole hell of a lot. And, and uh, you know, there are those that will argue not anything uh, even close to matching his uh, his works of, of, of grandeur and awesomeness. But, um, you know, yeah, yeah you got you to gotta take it from that perspective, too. This, this is the beginning of the end. Jack was never this good again. So... Although it was nice seeing Beautiful Dreamer show up. It was like an unofficial crossover. Right. Yep. I'll show them people down there, them dum-dums. I'll put her in the book. All right. What else do we have, gentlemen? Well, I know Jason's been reading because he hasn't been here. So he's had to have been reading. And he's got a list like 13 miles long. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's 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 an eclectic bunch of stuff. So I'll, I'll really most of it I enjoyed quite a bit. I mean, I I would say that uh, the the thing that um, 
that that I I'm most interested in collabing on because I'm I know Vince read it is uh, this is much more his his <laughs> area of expertise typically. But as we talked about when it was solicited, it, it's up my alley because of the creators involved, not the Invincible Red Sonia, number one, because it was written by Jimmy and Amanda, maybe Paul Mayotte and Amanda Connor. Um, I have read maybe 20 Red Sonia comics in my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, maybe. So uh, you've probably read 200, 300. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but, uh, I I would have been hard pressed to not enjoy this just because I don't think there's a comic that Jimmy and Amanda can write that I wouldn't enjoy on some level. I just find their brand of 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 body humor mixed with high adventure really in any setting it just works for me. Um, we've said a lot that that humor is far more subjective than dramatic work. Um, it, it's it's always going to appeal to a smaller circle of people because it's just not universal. So I'm never going to get mad at someone if they don't find a humorous book to be something that's not at their alley. Like that's just so it's so personal taste. Um, but I I know that Jimmy and Amanda I find them entertaining and amusing. So I um, it really doesn't matter what the vessel is. I just figured that, like they're going to tell me a good story, and I wasn't disappointed here. I um, I will say that. I, it's pretty much exactly what I would expect it to be. Like in the sense that there were all the classic settings, right? Like the ship. Like I feel like when you're reading a like a Conan story, and I've read a lot more Conan than I had. Like you, you got the ship battles. You got the you, know, you got like like it's it's like the setting is very similar to things you've seen before. Um, it doesn't break a ton of new ground. Uh, I I really don't have enough perspective on the character to say whether this is a big departure in how she's portrayed. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly she is an absolute badass as a as a fighter in this. She 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 much like Conan just can can do almost superhuman things to other people's vantage in terms of how well she can she can kill and 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 uh, how many foes she can take down. Um, but that's kind of what I was expecting to see. Um, she was. I'm not sure if she's often portrayed as uh, as being as witty as she is in this. I presume that's more of a Jimmy and Amanda trait and take. I uh, don't know how that sits with more traditional so- Sonya fans. I'll, I'll defer to Vince on that in a second. Um, but I liked it. I, I I will say, and and I don't want this to come out the wrong way. I I I thought the art was okay. I didn't love the art. Um, and it gets back to what we were saying in terms of it's not the style. Like, the style on the surface, like, if I were to see preview pages, I would have very much liked it. But at least to my eye, this looked like there was a lot of digital coloring and finishing. And and I thought that it didn't always work. I thought sometimes it looked flat. I thought it looked like the anatomy was... Like, it looked almost like you could tell where the Photoshop layers were coloring in stuff, and I, I didn't like that. I would really like to see the pencils and the line of this comic without the coloring, just to see what was what, and, and if my instincts about it being really about the, the coloring process that, that put me off to the image. And again, I didn't dislike it. Like, I'm, I, I, didn't, I didn't dislike the art, but I, I wasn't as enamored with the art as I thought I would be when I saw the preview images. Um but I dug the story, and it was pretty much exactly what I thought I would be getting from this. 
And I'm certainly going to continue reading it. I, I doubt Jimmy and Amanda are going to do like a five-year run on this. So if they have a 12, 18-issue run in them to tell their story, I'm, I'm aboard. I, I was entertained. Nice. Where are you with it? I mean, because you're you're far more versed in Sonya and have far greater expectations for her as a character. <laughs> when you were talking about the art, uh, true story, I was um, on the Twitters today on my break, and uh, Dynamite retweeted someone's comments about this issue saying, oh, Jimmy and Amanda do a great job, blah, blah, blah. Moritat's art's a bit uneven. And I said it out loud, and <laughs> people in the office were looking at me. I said, your ass is uneven. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's why I think it's the coloring, because you know I'm a big Moritat fan. I mean, I have, I have Moritat. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 like, I have, I have, I actually, I'm not a Jonah Hex fan, and I own a Jonah Hex page because Moritat drew it. Right. But, like, I was surprised by this that i concluded that it was either rushed or the coloring and finishing process like didn't seem as consistent as i would like for me i well considering he did his own color work okay um these colors are exactly what he wanted because he did them i i i don't know i'm i'm a little mystified i don't see where you're coming from with with yeah, the, well, the, hey. yeah. the color um Sonia has never, at least not, um, I don't think I've ever seen Sonia uh, portrayed as anything less than intelligent. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes, uh, like, this is above average for uh, Sonia's intelligence. Like, she's not stupid. She's she's not just a a, 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 a mass-murdering whore you know uh she she's she's a tactician and a, and a warrior and conan respects her and and vice versa and and i and i think this um does uh justice to what has all the stuff that has come before especially roy thomas's version um who which was a little tardy but t-a-r-t-y not late um but uh, i think this is just another example of what amanda and jimmy do two female pro- uh, protagonists. I did not like Harley Quinn very much before Amanda and Jimmy got their hands on her. Like, they make characters relatable. They make them real. They make them uh, three-dimensional and exciting. And and I, I want to read an Amanda and Jimmy character uh, um, story because their, their main characters are wonderful. Even their supporting and third-tier characters are great. Like, every character in an Amanda and Jimmy piece on some level seems real, right? I, I believe that this little man you know, is, 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 is alive and, and, and walking the streets. Like, I believe that their, um, Harley is who I've experienced her to be within, like, she seems real to me. That's what this is. This is just a a very vivid depiction of the character that they're calling Red Sonia, right? I I thought it worked on, on a whole bunch of, uh, for a bunch of reasons, the art, the story, the dialogue was great. It was snappy and believable, like that standard shit that you say when you re- when you're reviewing a comic, right? Oh, I thought the dialogue was great. I I didn't look at my watch, my metaphorical watch, once reading this. They pulled me in. I enjoyed it. I thought the setup was great. Uh, for those of you playing at home, uh, Sonya finds her way on on board a pirate ship. 
right? And uh, the, the, the guy in charge is Captain Rafi. Okay, so Captain Rafi, his ship comes upon a Balanji ship, which is, he doesn't like the Balanji, he doesn't get along with them. So they destroy the ship, they kill all the the, the, the members, the sailors, on the, or the pirates or whatever, or the Benjali or whatever, uh, seamen. And Sonya just, agreed, yeah, I'll do it, I'll help you, let's go kill some people. But in, in uh, surveying the remains of the ship, they find a, a, a case, and inside the case is a young lady, a beautiful young lady, uh, Princess Zari. She's uh, Balanji royalty, and the captain's like, well, you know what, I'm not getting into this, this uh, um, ransom bullshit just throw her to the, the, the boys. Let, let them have their way with her. And that doesn't sit well with Red Sonia. She doesn't want to see this, this young lady, even though she doesn't know who she is, she doesn't want to see this young lady defiled by a, a ship full of, of wanton, you know, uh, undersexed men. So um, she, Sonia throws herself between the captain and uh, the princess. And the princess is like, you know what? F all you. I'm out of here. And she jumps off the ship. She just throws herself into the water. Uh, so Sonia's like, huh, okay. Um, and then she gets drunk and and finds herself the next day after having, you know, slept off uh, the bender. The, the ship has run uh, into a bunch of sirens, the mythological sirens. And uh, Sonia does what Sonia does best and blacks out in the water and finds herself on board another ship. And wouldn't you know it, it's a, a Balanji ship. And who's on the ship? Well, Princess Zari. And she's like, you know what? You did me a solid. You saved me. So I'm not going to kill you or have you, you know, put in, in shackles. I'm going to make you an offer. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way to a wedding. And it just so happens it's my wedding. Yeah, I'm 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 in an arranged marriage with uh, the uh, a prince of the Erkara people, right? So uh, here's what I want you to do: if you just guard my body until after the wedding, because a lot of people don't want to see this wedding happen, just guard my body until after the wedding, and I'll throw all the gold at you. You can carry and and then some. And Sonia's like, yeah, okay, we'll do this. That's the setup. Pretty simple, right? It, it's just Sonia raising hell, getting into trouble. She does have uh, her her beliefs, and uh, you know she doesn't want to see uh, another woman just get raped for the sake of being raped. You know she's not a complete cutthroat or a killer. She does have some scruples, and that's it. And I thought it's 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 Amanda and Jimmy just doing what they do really 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 well. Right? If this was a TV show, I'd be like, holy shit, give me more of this. But it's better than a TV show because it's drawn by Moritat. And uh, uh, he fleshes out Sonya a little on the bulky side. Mm. Like she kind of looks like Fairchild a little bit from um, Gen 13. Like she's, she's, bulk, she's big. She's, she's very, very muscular. She's not Barry Windsor Smith uh sonia right or you know so it, it's just all in the interpretation this is this version is as valid as any that have come before i think uh i thought it was wonderful right but i gotta be honest uh totally honest 
the the weakest link to me was the cover. I don't mm. I don't think that's uh, among Amanda's finest work. I I, I, I I didn't even notice it. Yeah, I just yeah, it's okay. Um, the the uh, Linzer cover is great, uh, but the you know it, it it's just a cover. It doesn't really matter. But uh, when I think Amanda Connor, that does not do justice to what I have seen uh, the the woman is capable of. That's that's just what I want to say. But uh, no, I thought this was a winner. I, I yeah, you know me. I ordered this. Uh, how could I not? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 Physical uh, coming soon in my box. Wonderful, wonderful job. But they're sneaky. Dynamite, uh, they know that there's a Sonya movie coming up, right? So they they want to make sure that uh, uh, should anyone want to... Uh, in leaving the confines of the movie theater, investigate more of this Red Sonia thing that they have uh, a lot of um, very worthy material for uh, these people to peruse. And, I mean, they, they have uh, Sonia omnibuses. They have uh, a long-running trade paperback collection of of the uh, Dynamite Sonia. So there's not a, 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 a dearth of Sonia stuff available for these people, but... I mean, if if you have a movie out, oh yeah, you know those people, the uh, Amanda and Jimmy, the ones that work their magic with with Harley, yeah, they're doing Sonya, and here's the book. You know what I mean? Just something else to sell, and I think it's very smart to make sure that all your ducks are in a row when you got a big, uh, very high profile movie in the works. It's only common sense. Yep, facts, bro. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I, I I enjoyed every page of it. Loved it a lot. Yep. I have something that uh, I I believe that I tweeted this and I may even have put it on the Slack when uh, I ordered it because it's an anomaly. We were talking about um, how much we spend and, and, and should we spend and uh, I didn't spend anything for this. This book was free. Gratis. Well, why? How did I get this book for free? Um, it, first of all, if you would like to get the book for free, go to goesbooks.com, G-O-E-S books.com. And um, unless you're outside of the United States in which you're shit out of luck because they, they've moved, they only have a 2,000 uh, copy print run. If you're outside of the United States, they had to curtail that. You have to be within the United States only, and you can get this book for free. It's, um, I got it today, and I read it today. That tells you a lot, right? It fits perfectly within the palm of your hand, so you can cradle it like a little comic book baby. It's like a called, dumpling mad bomb? Huh? Like a dumpling mad bomb? Yeah. It's called um, Goes, G-O-E-S. It's by Luke Kruger Howard. Um, and the, the book comes with a bookmark that tells you all you need to know. And, I, I, and I, will, I will read it for you. It says, The comic you are now holding is in your possession because human beings from literally all around the world have insisted it be so. From New Hampshire to Singapore, we have pooled our resources to get this book into the hands of 2,000 strangers. You are one of these strangers. Our focus at Ghost Books is to create a new kind of relationship between artist and reader. But it's 
else? Oh, it's also, it's done in a, a faux uh, typewriter font, and the O is uh, filled in to make it seem like an inky, uh, a bad ribbon on a, on a vintage typewriter. Uh, but it's also to connect an invisible tether between you and the stranger who sent this specific book. We'll never uh, know exactly who they were, but that invisible piece of string that runs from them to you is there all the same. We are wishing you safety and joy as you read this comic. Ghost Books and Luke Kruger Howard. Ghost Books are non-profit. Uh, from how he's getting... The, the money and the, and the resources to print these things, I don't know. But somebody's paying for it, the 2000 comic uh, print run. And then he's just giving them away. I didn't have to pay shipping on this. I just went to the website, put my information in, hit, give me the damn book, and I got it. I, um, I, the, the, the next screen I hit the, um, not necessarily the tip jar. But I, I donated so that he could, right? So so that another couple of books could be sent to other people. But yeah, I'm waiting on my copy. It 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 sounds amazing. It is wonderful. It's on Toothy, uh, newsprint. It's a black and white book, uh, consisting of four stories, the longest of which is a a story called Men's Holding Group. The the gist of it is there's a group that. Uh, meets every so often in which men just hold each other and and tell them you know yeah you're a human being and i love you nothing creepy nothing nothing sexual just that um it begins with a man in the street going up to a a very beefy guy saying um yeah you know uh when was the last time you held a man the guy's like he's like you know really like, like, just, just hold somebody and, and just, just hold another man. Just tell them that you know, you love them. And the guy's like, ah, "Well, come to our meeting." And the meeting uh, is joined, and it's a bunch of guys in a circle. Uh, and there are recollections um, along the way that that some characters have, but um, it's just a bunch of guys in a circle holding hands and saying. So so, what do we do next? Oh yeah, uh, and 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 they'll they'll start talking, and in, in the end, they're just like, yeah, you know, hey, yeah, I love you, and it's it's nothing. Um, th- there's no untoward things going on here. It's just two people of the same sex validating the existence of of the other. Like uh, in one section, a, a, a guy's in a gym and he's working out, and his hair's getting in his way. And this other beefy giant man comes and and braids his hair for him. And it's there's you you you're reading and you're thinking, okay, I'm I'm not reading anything into this other than these two characters are are enjoying each other's company and they're they're sharing an experience. They don't want to pull each other's pants off, and you know what I mean. I I don't want to I don't want to go that down that road because I don't want to cheapen this. But there's a friends, um angle <laughs> chandler comes in the the apartment and he says hey joey and ross i love you guys <laughs> and then and then he explains why he explains and and they're very receptive to it like this is a cool little book and it's 128 pages there are some text uh pages but it's a whole bunch of awesome comics that i got for free 
thanks to um, Luke Kruger Howard and the people that that sponsor Go's books. So uh, this is an amazing, amazing book. Go get it. I gave you the URL, but just in case you weren't paying attention, I'll do it again. Go'sbooks.com. G-O-E-S books.com. It's a little tiny thing. It's it may be small in stature, but it's it's extremely large in concept and execution. I love this thing. I I, I didn't even get into the other three stories, and I don't need to because Dap didn't read it yet. But um, it is great. Do yourself a favor, get it, and it won't cost you anything. So there's no friggin' reason why you don't get it. No reason at all. That's great. As I said, um, I was catching up on um, on X Force, skipping over the uh, the Ten of Swords issues, and uh, started up to number nineteen. And um, I guess you know, credit to Percy for making me actually give a crap about. Quentin, um, I mean, he's not, I don't dislike him as much as, uh, the Gambit, but you know, he's not exactly in my top 10 when it comes to X-Men because I just have a problem with entitled people in particular, but obviously Quentin's been through some shit. Uh, so he's, he's acting out in that regard, but X-Force continues to be a, um, it's as much as I enjoy what Hickman's doing with what he was doing with X-Men proper. Uh, it's, it's the, the fringe titles like sword, like X-Force. Uh, oh, we've only had one issue of, of way of X, but those, those titles are kind of, um, I keep coming back to those I, I i read an issue and i want to read the next one and uh so it, it's it's bittersweet i'm i'm kicking myself for letting the x-force issues pile up but i'm glad i did because i was able to just shotgun a bunch um over the over the course of a couple hours so um it's it looks great even the uh, even the non kasara issues look strong but uh but I've I, late to the party, I guess. But um, but yeah, even going back to the uh, the Immortal Hulk issues, where I you know read issues fourteen to I'm up to number twenty five now. But um, that whole um, it's. It is such a creepy freaking book, and uh, you guys know this already. But but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the whole, you know, with 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 Fortran digging up bodies and 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 this new abomination with the goddamn double hands for a head, um, and then the acid stomach, and with uh, with Ewing even going deeper into um, Bruce's many personas i it's you know it's it, it's always on the list from listeners with with, with the oklaskers and we know our friends who are reading it 
and are loving it. And, you know, I, I can't really add much to that, but, um, yeah, it, it, even though, and, and this is, this is perfect because I, I am reading it, um, and comiXology and when it's done, th- this is actually a book where I'm, I'm going to have to seriously consider is, is this a Hulk story that I'm going to revisit? And, if I am, or even if not, but, but is this a story? Yes, it deserves to be in, in a collection on my shelf, but is it going to do anything other than just sit on my shelf? I want, I, I, this is a kind of story where, you know, I'm, I'm halfway through, but I'm really enjoying it. I would like to kind of, uh, memorialize it in, in some way physically by, by, by having, by having the collections on the shelf, but I just, I, I don't want them to just sit there, but I, I don't know if this is a story wherein in five years, I'm going to feel like, you know, rereading some, some random issues. Cause I don't even know if you can read random issues of this. Cause it all, it, it's, it's, it, Ewing is telling a really long, a really good long story. So, um, basically this is just me saying if, if, if you have been, Falling behind on a mortal halt, then 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 get your shit together. But this is, um, and it looks great too. I I I I, I can't stress that enough. So that's work has been kicking my butt, but um, I've just I, I at least I have these things on comicsology that I can catch up on. But yeah, this is it's it, it's been fun catching up on things that I've been um, letting pile up. That's it. There you go. Well, now, I think we should drive the bus home. I didn't even notice the time. Damn. Yeah, because we have to do the In Your Travels. And uh, as usual, people, this episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered straight to your home for a fraction of that uh, retail price that uh, everybody else is paying. From Dark Horse, Savage Hearts number 1. Aubrey Stitterson, Jed Doherty, it's costing you $1.99. IDW's got Bermuda. Uh, it's a four-issue miniseries <laughs> by uh, John Lehman and Nick Bradshaw, $2.49. That's a $5 cover price. And last but not least from Scout Comics, Count Draco Knuckle Duster, number one, will cost you $1.99. In your travels... This is going to be weird, uh, an odd little in your travels, because uh, I'm not finished with this issue. But that's more to the point. I recently bought a bunch of uh, heavy metal issues from yes. from their website uh, because it was uh, $4 in some sense. Now, remember, this came out in 1992, and uh, I don't even think I have to give you the... Uh, oh. March 1992, volume 15, number 6, and I say whatever because I, I go by – Heavy Metal is the one book where I'll go by year and not number or volume number. Mm. Uh, I can tell what was uh, published in Heavy Metal by the year in which it appears, but whatever, up to a certain point. But So this came out in March 1992. It's three, $3.95 cover price. For 112 uh, pages. That's insane when you consider that 
underneath the covers here, you got Peter Cooper, right? And uh, I won't get into a bunch of it, but uh, a lot of it is obviously Euro comics. There's a whole graphic novel reprinted within the um, this issue, and it was four dollars back in the day. Mm. Like it boggles the mind, right? Uh, but the story in question is called. I'm gonna get to it right here, and it is called Morocco by Milan and Trink. And it's a weird, it's a very strange story about um, it, 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 the, the, the location is Marrakesh. And there are uh, two people, one of which is a, an archaeologist, that claim to have discovered this very secret area where um, the gates of hell are located. And then you get the ne'er-do-wells that are that are eavesdropping and overhearing, and they want to get this secret cave where the the ne'er do wells or, or where where the gates of hell are uh, present. And then there's there's hellbirds. The gates of hell open wide, and these hellbirds stream out and cause all kinds of problems, picking people up and dropping them. and And it's a crazy story. There's a, a Jesus is depicted in it, a winking Jesus. It's just weird. But my, my point being. It's a story that is in black and white with a pink accent. It's nuts. They'll, they'll, they'll do black, uh, pink uh, onomatopoeia. Maybe a motorcycle will be pink. Um, a woman's dress in one. Uh, the the, the ne'er-do-wells hire a very beautiful woman to infiltrate the duo of uh, archaeologists slash adventurers, and she tries to be the, the old proverbial worm in the apple. Her dress is pink. Um, then there'll be a package on the back of the motorcycle that's pink. It's just weird. Like there's there, it's uh, a gas can is pink. the The majority of it is black and white. It's very very shocking, uh, shocking pink appropriately. The hellbirds are pink. So when they stream out of hell, it's just this wave of, of pink amidst black and white and gray, and it's gorgeous. The artwork is somewhere between uh, Daniel Torres, like if you read Rocco Vargas, mm. it's, it's, it's in that very clean, spare line. I, I, but just because the line is is spare doesn't mean the details not like there's a shit ton of detail in here there's also a michael Cherkis kind of vibe to it like it's very um uh not distorted but the uh they take very much liberties with the human form i loved it i thought it was great there's no big um revelation at the end there's no moral to the story it's just a lot of fun in a, in an exotic location and shit streaming into reality from hell i thought it was great uh, i guess the big roundabout way i'm saying is if, if you're in the mood for some a lot a lot of good comics i paid four bucks for this from heavy metal and I don't know. I can't tell you when I'm going to finish reading it because that's only the tip of the iceberg. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff within this issue. Don't feel like you have to buy contemporary comics just to keep up. 
heavy metal run sales all the time. And one of the, the ad pages in this book had me kicking myself because back in the day, I never bought H.R. Giger's Necronomicon. Fat chance getting it now because it's extremely expensive. And every time I find, I see the, the advertisement for it, I'm like, you're stupid. You had a chance to get it back in the day, but you didn't buy it. It was 70 bucks back in the day. And that's a lot of money in, in 1992. But now, like I said, ridiculous. You can't even afford it now. So yeah, Heavy Metal, March 1992, crappy Lewis Royal cover. Don't go by the cover. It's the, it's the interior you want to deal with because it's awesome. Awesome. I am not a Luis Royo fan. Not at all. Nah, yeah, I can. Yeah, that that checks out. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh man. Uh, in your travels, um, when we're done tonight, I think I'm going to sit down and read the uh, eighth issue. Of the Department of Truth, it uh, it kicks off the new arc following those two. Um, we'll call them interstitial issues. Uh, so Martin Simmons is back on our duties, and um, and yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. It it, it it's a series that uh, kind of it's it's not I'm not calling it a palate cleanser, and I'm not I'm not using Vince's dirty phrase of, of, of guilty pleasure. It's uh, but it, it is, it's, it's a book that I want to look considering everything else that, that we're purchasing these days. It's, I'm looking forward to it. it it's, it kind of, um, it takes my mind off things, but you know, when, if, if, if James is going to write about uh, things that um, in a way Making topics amusing or, or mocking those that kind of deserve to be mocked, uh, then I'm 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 kind of here for it. So yeah, in your travels, if if uh, I, I believe the first trade has already been collected, but yeah, catch up on uh, the Department of Truth. Nice, high quality book. Love that book. Nice. Um, in your travels, this is uh, one of those little mini series that are fun and I can imagine most people pass it over because it's a tertiary character. So your boy Woodrow is going to put it in the back of your mind. So the next time you're looking for something like this, you'll remember to read it. And that is Taskmaster, uh, which just finished up five issue miniseries um, written by Jed McKay, who is one of the big uh, up and comers at Marvel just, uh, just announced he's doing moon Knight now, but he, I expect he'll be on a, a big book with, you know, within the next twelve months, be my guess, because everything he's done so far, all the 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 smaller books they've given him, I think he's he's done a great job with each of them. Um, and Alessandro Vitti, who I've long time been a fan of, uh, does the art chores five issue miniseries. Uh, it, it was just a lot of fun, man. I mean, look, I I love the character, which is why I bought the series. But but it was a, it was, a, I think, like a good miniseries should be, relatively sim- simple, straightforward premise, execution of the premise, conclusion. Um, essentially our boy taskmaster is framed for the murder of Maria Hill. And as it turns out, um, black widow is none too happy about this and is now trying to hunt him down. And 
she's one of the few people on the earth that he's legit scared of because she's the Black Widow. And Nick Fury, a.k.a. Nick Fury Jr., uh, knows that he, he impugns pretty quickly that, that, that Tasky wasn't the one that actually killed her. So they basically do it's like a buddy cop miniseries. They, they partner up. And the premise is it's kind of evocative of the old uh, the first two seasons of the G.I. Joe cartoon. They need to unlock an encoded file that was created by Hammer back when uh, you had the whole evil stuff and Norman Osborn running and everything. And uh, because he's no longer in the picture and, and Hydra's gone and all that, they, they, they can't open up this, this protocol. The only people that can open it up are three, uh, three former members that, uh, that each have, you know, a piece to the code. Uh, one of which is, uh, is agent Colson. Uh, and then uh, two others. One, one is is Okoye from uh, Wakanda, and then the third is uh, is a uh, an agent based in China. And Nick Fury's like, listen, the only way we can open this is we need each of them, but we need to basically need we need their up up. It's a perfect gest, you know. It's like one of those things where like you need to be able to do the perfect gestural voice and everything. And 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 essentially the premise is that taskmaster's abilities would allow him to do that but he's like i can do that but the only way i can do that is i can't just like look a video of these people like if you want me to be that nuanced i need to study them up close and that's going to be hard and basically the next so so that's your setup and then the third the second third and fourth issue are essentially each of those missions um in the he goes after colson first now colson these days for those of you that aren't aware he's he's kind of a ne'er-do-well these days and he is in charge of the Squadron Supreme. And the premise is that because the Avengers are no longer uh, abiding or funded by the U.S. government, Coulson convinces the government to pull together the Squadron Supreme. And so when Tasky goes to uh, study Coulson, Coulson calls in Hyperion. And, uh, you know, Hyperion is basically Superman. So and Taskmaster is, uh, is no match for him. And then he, he, he goes to Wakanda and he has an awesome, like half the book is an awesome uh, hand-to-hand fight between Okoye and, and Taskmaster. And they're pretty much evenly matched and they go toe-to-toe. And then the third, he goes to China and we're introduced to some Chinese heroes that he has to, uh, he has to do a little espionage. I won't give away what he has to do, but he has to do a little espionage to, to figure out her gestures. And then, of course, the fifth issue is them... Uh, Unlocking these protocols and also finding out who, in fact, did kill Maria Hill. And it all is wrapped up in a nice, nice little tidy bow. I thought it was fun. It was really well paced. Uh, I'm a fan of of Vidi's work. I think drawing Taskmaster is difficult. I would imagine it's one of those characters where it's probably a lot of cringing when a a freelancer has to draw him. Because he's got a ridiculous costume and it's got a ton of detail between the cape and the hood and the the skull mask and you know anytime you're trying to draw an angle of that and make it look realistic it's very hard and believe me as someone who's gotten a bunch of taskmaster commissions it's it's a very high hit and miss rate i mean it's some people just can't do it so yeah i thought it was a lot of fun and um this is one of those 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 mini series that i just want to put out in the ether um i'm I'm not expecting many of you to grunt and, and and buy the trade or whatever but this is certainly something that in the next three to four months will appear on uh, Comixology and, and Unlimited Marvel Comics uh, Unlimited. And so uh, for those of you that are always looking for content to get your money's worth 
through those streaming services or subscription services, then absolutely, this is something you should give a quick read to. It's uh, it's just a, it's you could picture it like being an awesome episode of 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 a Disney show. You know, just it was a lot of fun. So, and you know, I mean, we all need more Taskmaster in our lives. It's true. Sure, we do. My my only issue is they call him Tony now because of that. <laughs> uh, well, that, that mini series from a few years ago where we we learned about his origin. <laughs> like we never needed to know his full his real name because like right. the whole the whole miniseries, uh, Nick's calling him Tony, and I'm like, come on, yeah, that's, that's Tony the like, Taskmaster. Tony the Taskmaster. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you 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 say that it's difficult to people might not be raring to 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 line up to draw Taskmaster books, but at least he's no Jack of Hearts. Well, that's why we haven't seen Jack of Hearts since uh, since <laughs> he was he was killed in that uh, that Avengers that Wanda whole thing, No yep. Surrender, whatever it was. All right, everybody, we do thank you very much for being here with us one more time. If you would be so kind, and you want more punishment, go to Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook because we have presences there. Check out the uh, Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics whole mess of goodness going on oh a lot of shaking too and in the meantime say good night you know what that is you don't Keychain? no it's a corkscrew oh yeah it's flying okay. yep. it's a flying yep. corkscrew david hi should we sing now jason jason do you want to sing Mm. No. <laughs> I will say though, um, I judge harshly uh, people's taste in music. Mm. My wife has the absolute worst taste ever in music. Um, Maroon Five. Like if there's uh, an, a young kid who has a song where he—that's hey. it for that one. <laughs>